Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Don't Worry About It with Neeks. And on today's podcast, we've got Yaya Zarug. Welcome. Hello, everybody. I'm really happy to be here with my man, Neeks. Um, excited. A uh, long time in the making. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited for my first, my first go at it. Yeah, this should be fun. I mean, I still, this is always a work in progress. And definitely, we've been working up to this conversation a couple of weeks now, months. I love so, it. Yes, we yeah. are. So I guess to jump right into it, we were talking a bit about, um, I guess the ba- the overarching concept is like consciousness, but narrowing uh-huh. it down to like the, the, the meaning and um, the direction that people give consciousness. And we were talking about how, <clears throat> well, like we'll talk about the studio, um, the idea of having mm-hmm. a studio, right? Um, since that was the last thing we jumped on. I think for me, Obviously, like when you describe, and I'd, I'd hear about you guys would go to the, you and uh, Austin would go to the studio sometimes after going out and like that idea for me, I always thought it was purely you guys were just making music and that's it. Just tossing yeah. that stuff. And to me, yeah. that's something I could never conceptualize as being like, that's so sick. To me, it yeah. is very sick. It's awesome. But I think uh-huh. doing it, I'm, I'm always like, I have a general fear of it. So I always yeah. think of it, but like when you were saying that whole there's no, there's just a fluidity of, of, yeah. ex, of being like, you're yeah. not, there's no external stimuli yeah. and, and nothing uh-huh. bothers you. And for me, honestly, I find that same fear that you talk about, I feel like the vast majority of people have, and I definitely do. It's honestly because of that fear that I like to go so much because I look at that as like, kind of like an opportunity, you know, because mm-hmm. I know that like so much of freestyling, music, writing, uh, rhymes, is just getting over that initial fear of judgment. And that's something that like, I actively like have been working on for me as like a person, want to stop judging other people and to like stop fearing judgment. So to me, like when I identify that fear, it's almost like, yeah, I'm doing this. Like, it's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Yeah. That fear. I think I got to get over. <laughs> I think that's, <laughs> I've never, I've never tried freestyling ever. Mm-hmm. I've heard so many people try and I always go like, Jesus, if I were to do this, oh my God, it'd be terrible. Um, I'm telling you, like, I am not good. Like, okay, Austin, Austin, and that's another thing. Like, Austin's Austin good. is one of the most loving people yeah, ever. That and he's very into music and he's very good. He will never, like, ever, and none of us will ever, like, if someone, like, freestyles, especially if, if we know that, like, they're getting over those initial butterflies, we don't comment. Like, we're just, like, we're encouraging. Well, like, he, what I love about Austin, no matter what anyone, like, like anytime someone um, freestyles or, or, or says anything in the stew um, and records it, like he always highlights something in what they said that they, that he likes mm. and it's genuine. Like okay. whether it's the flow, whether it's the tone, whether it's, because a lot of times, like it's honestly like, and what I found is when I'm not thinking and it's a lot of, it <laughs> makes sense. There's a lot of things in life. Like when I'm not thinking and when you're just, when you allow it to come out of you, to flow out of you, kind of, you, you catch a stream of consciousness it's it's just amazing like that's yeah. when you're 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 most able to um i guess like embrace the craft mm-hmm. it's really cool mm-hmm. it's really cool yeah i guess going back also like with with uh doing this kind of thing in the in a studio is definitely more um i think it brings out exactly what you brought out like a stream of consciousness that you can just for example i'm sitting in in this room with a bunch of windows around me and like if someone were to walk by i'd probably get pretty distracted yeah. and like there's cars and stuff and so i think being in a studio you 
you narrow down your thoughts. You, and this yeah. and this is the same thing with meditating. We were talking about meditating earlier as well. And like focusing, narrowing down attention, treating it as a yeah. spotlight of, of your, yeah. of your focus to like, Mm-hmm. just the just the specific moment that you're in and mm-hmm. whatever it is and and also a big thing of it because remembering like the whole fear factor of um mm-hmm. of you know being in the studio or not even being mm-hmm. in the studio but trying to create music or or, or specifically mm-hmm. lyrics mm-hmm. dis not dissociating but not identifying with that fear and just mm-hmm. treating it as as what it is which is mm-hmm. i I believe I can't and, and mm-hmm. then, and then saying, all right, but try. And then it, and this mm-hmm. is like automatically it's, it mm-hmm. has to go the other way for you mm-hmm. to, for you to be able to kind of overcome that fear. And obviously the fear is, I mean, emotions are kind of the, are, are the incredibly um, defining factor of being human. So there's, exactly. nothing, there's nothing you can do about having them. Exactly. Like, to me, just, it excites me. Like, especially, mm-hmm. obviously, like, if you have fear of, like, heights, like, you wouldn't want to be on a cliff. I, I don't look at all fears this way, but fear in certain situations like this, for example, could be the same fear of going on stage, mm-hmm. same fear of if you're at a party, jumping in the middle of a circle and dancing. Mm-hmm. I literally look at those fears as alarms, like, as signs to, like, to me, to, to encourage me to fully embrace the moment. Because I feel like a lot of times, like, those fears, you can break them down. They're, they're, they're dumbfounded, especially like in a space like Amherst, where I feel like, okay, what's the worst that can, that, that can happen? Like, if you're in the studio, you hop on, you spit something and it's bad. Not much okay. happens. Okay. Not much happens. <laughs> Nothing, yeah. I'm telling you, like, 30 seconds later, no one remembers. Actually, <laughs> a lot of times with me, it is, it is like some of my be- favorite moments in the stew have been just like bloopers where like, I'm on, like, I think I'm on a stream of conscious and I just say something yeah. and then like in my head, it sounded great. And then on, <laughs> on mic, it sounds like funny, but mm-hmm. those are like the best lines. And there's honestly artists, so many artists in the, are like in the world who, who make a living off of lines like that, that are kind of yeah. like funky. They're quirky. Um, Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, and everyone has their own flavor too. Like I've never seen two people free, freestyle the same. Um, I, I think, sure. I, I think it's amazing. And you talked about like, the stew sort of commanding your presence. I think it's huge, especially like nowadays where we talked about our phones, um, where our phones are literally engineered to constantly overwhelm us really with stimulus Mm -hmm. so that, so that we're, we're never, there's never a dull moment, Mm -hmm. but it, um, it's also just, I feel like it's dulling as people. Exactly. Very dulling. 100,000%. And I've had like this battle, um, with Instagram in particular, um, mm. where I've like, I've just, I, I started recognizing maybe like about half a year ago that after spending, like at first it was maybe like 30 minutes, but now it's like five, 10 minutes just scrolling on Instagram. I physically felt sick. Like I, I felt bad Interesting. in my stomach. Yeah. And I was like, I hundred percent believe that something needs to be done about it. And so at first, like I would legitimately just try and stop using the app completely and i found that like it had been engineered within my like hard wiring at this point in any moment of um i guess uncertainty like mental uncertainty like okay do i want to eat first or do i want to watch this this podcast first or, mm-hmm. or this movie first i would automatically just like 
instinctively pull out my phone and go to Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you the amount of days that I literally like, the amount of times a day, I would pull out my phone, get to the Instagram app and turn it off immediately. Just like, and I have this realization. Yes. Fuck, what am I doing? What did I just do? Yeah. Exactly. And I hate it. Oh, shit. I hate it. Like I had one this morning. I'm just like, if I could have back those five minutes. I think almost every single time, almost literally every single time I've, I've been on Instagram, I think if I could have back those minutes, mm-hmm. I would. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely, I, you're speaking millions of truths right there, man. It's, <laughs> it is so evident. I mean, even after like, the worst part is like, I've watched the social dilemma. I know that they're doing it. I've, yeah. I've, I've started med. I mean, I've been meditating now. I, and I still managed to suck myself in to about 30 yeah. minutes of just one of the social medias or a game yeah. or something. And, and it doesn't, yeah. there's no, and I totally agree with you that after that, right when I put my phone down, I'm like, what, why, what was why that? did you do, <laughs> what was that? And I, and exactly. like, I tell you, like, I really wish I could have those moments back. And it's the worst though, uh-huh. waking up. I and- wake up and will sit on my phone for an hour, an hour to two hours that- sometimes. So- and it's, ridiculous honestly something that i started picking up um for a while um that i think really helped me um is after you as soon as you wake up and right before you go to sleep take a minute and just sit down lie down with your eyes closed and i'll do like i'll imagine like literally like positive energy like going through my body like trying to i literally try and picture it like flowing Mm -hmm. from my top from my head down to my feet Interesting. And I try and like set my intention almost for the day. Because with me, what I found is crazy. Like on the thought level, when I woke up, my first thought was trying to identify something I have to do, something mm-hmm. negative. Yeah. And that, like I could find myself searching for it. It was the strangest thing. Like what's missing? As soon missing? as I woke up, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as I woke up, it was like, uh, 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 what do I have to do? Uh, uh, uh. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's searching for that negative impulse. Yeah. It's not like, wow, I'm, I'm up and I'm in Maui. And th- honestly, <laughs> thankfully, like being being by the beach, and honestly, I don't think you need necessarily need to be by the beach. I think it doesn't <laughs> hurt, though. Think, no, it, doesn't it definitely hurt. doesn't hurt. No, it doesn't hurt. Definitely doesn't hurt. But just in general, like think of little things. Like if you have a dog and you're really excited to see your dog, like oh, I'm about to hug my dog, or yeah. oh, I'm about to try, try. And one thing that I've like as I've gotten older, as I left school and came back home. Um, especially this whole gap year experience for me has been huge with this. My new appreciation for my for my family, my parents. Like I love mm-hmm. one of my favorite things to do is wake up, go downstairs, and like kiss my dad or my mom. Who like and my dad is, grew up in a very like traditional Arab household where the only way he knows how to provide and show love is through substance, financial, material, financial, yeah, exactly, yeah. material. And that's not because he's like a bad person. It's no, that's a cultural. Raised. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's a cultural norm. And so for me, like, it's amazing for me to like challenge those cultural, those cultural norms. And I found that he's been extremely receptive to it because as people, and that's what you do find, like once you start embracing the, the, the positive, um, I guess, intuitions that you have, okay. people, resonate, people resonate with that, you know? So mm-hmm. for example, like in the studio, if you are normally someone who doesn't freestyle and you're like, you know what? Fuck this. Like I'm doing it. Like I guarantee you like someone else who's never freestyle at the least is going to have the thought. Like, why isn't that me? Like, why aren't I doing that? Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely, there's definitely like an emission of, of energy 
that is given off when you do something around other people. Um, like going back to the whole, um, cause like, well, going back to the whole thing about, um, how you, you see these moments of like, for example, jumping into a party and, and starting to mm-hmm. dance and those moments where they're, they're pretty, they're hyper social situations and yeah. you can like, there's, there's probably levels to these, these, uh, this fear factors and obviously the studio is probably on the lower side because you're yeah it's you your friends and the mic and that's it yeah and then then going but but going back also like to the to the social situations there's also that fear of like well there's a hundred people who could say something about me but um yeah but going but then also like i just wanted to trace it to the this is like a series of things because I traced them from Go what ahead. you said is like the, the, the whole fear incorporation of, of um, stepping outside of your comfort zone and pushing on a threshold that is, mm-hmm. that is your experience. Then also mm-hmm. tying that with, with, the, um, with like the physical sensations that you will get when you sit on your phone for too long and the regret mm-hmm. moment and how those mm-hmm. – and then also – the relationship of, of culture, obviously that's kind of a looser one here, but mm-hmm. the, the, the dynamic between physical, um, physical sensations, mental and mental state, and then that playing into your experience is incredibly big. And I've noticed that mm-hmm. with like going back to the phone thing, how mm-hmm. you have those moments and you feel disgusted. And that's like yeah. the, the idea of placebo is kind of is is that I mean it's when you, when or, or when you uh, you were saying before you go to bed because that's one thing I've been trying to do with meditating is is actually experience, mm-hmm. be able to almost form an experience that is is fabricated by my my brain, um, mm-hmm. it is purely cerebral, and that goes mm-hmm. to like the idea of, of like placebo and how you can, it's if you think a certain if you think something is happening to you you're going to align the the sensations that you experience to that prior thought most definitely mm-hmm. um the way i look at that sort of you the energy you emit you attract yes um, i believe that in in every every sense of, and, and every every sense of like the the expression like and that's why i treat fear very very carefully um and I've like learned to use certain um, negative markers like fear, anxiety as alarms. Like you, there is a moment here for you to make a conscious decision. I can either continue to worry about these fears where I guarantee and everyone will tell you, um, you are more likely to attract um, the outcome of those fears um, or I can decide to challenge and embrace this fear it's an excitement it, that, like you said, like emotions are, are, are such a, uh, significant driving and yeah, in, a driving force role. too. E- exactly. And so yeah. like em- embellish, like, mm-hmm. like feel it, like love it. Yeah. Know? Experience um, it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. And once I started like looking at my life like that or, or trying to operate like that, one, you start to look at fear a lot as excitement because I mean, the, the physical sensations that you feel from fear and excitement are extremely similar. Uh-huh. Um, well, there's, and- a, there's like a relationship there between the like conceptualization of, of emotions and, mm-hmm. and also how you, how you experience that emotion and then also mm-hmm. 
that what cut like the consequences of that experience. And Mm -hmm. I think one thing that will, well, I have two things. One, how did, how did you kind of be able to, how did you, yeah. How did, how have you been able to reframe the, um, the perspective of fear and, and other, other seemingly negative um, emotions to be able to, to, you know, face them head on because I mean, I've been, I've been trying Mm -hmm. obviously. And I, for me, it's happened a lot through Mm -hmm. meditation. I've been reading Mm -hmm. a lot more about this kind of thing and understanding Mm -hmm. that if you give yourself a moment, just a moment of awareness in the present and you can kind of, and even, mm-hmm. even, even just feel your physical sensations for a moment, just smell, mm-hmm. taste, mm-hmm. see, uh, mm-hmm. hear, and, and, every, and then touch. You, you can remember that at the end of the day, this is what, it, what truly is, what physically mm-hmm. is, and mm-hmm. that your subjective experience is a subject. It's, a, it's, it's subjective. So you have, exactly. you have the opportunity to alter it um, mm-hmm. more so through your thoughts than through, um, you know, the, the identification of emotion. But I, I, that's, so, that's just through my side. How, how else so how have you seen for it? For me, for me, I guess it's, it's a symptom of how I've learned to see myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I see, and I think this comes a lot through um, spirituality, my pursuit of spirituality and reflection um, on my thoughts. And I found that I, I sort of see myself as a, I think humans in general are a combination of two main energies, essences. One is the, the ego. And when I say the ego, I don't, I don't mean the, the, the no, part it's of, your, of, it's your sense of, the of person. self. Exactly. Yeah, I'm yeah. talking about the, the part of you that is attached physically to this being, mm-hmm. to your body, to your body. And to me, like that, the, the, the uh, initial purpose of your ego and um, the reason why I believe that ego is, is good to an extent um, is it keeps us alive. Like it, 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 when, when we hear gunshots, like no matter how much I love Uniques, if we were in a room and we heard gunshots, our reaction would not be save Nico, save yeah, Yaya, yeah, just run. Get the fuck out of here. Yes, you know? yeah, absolutely. And, and that's our ego. That's our fight or flight coming into play. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's an essential part of us. Our egos, but also plans for the future and thinks about the past, which to an extent is necessary, but to a, a, a lot, yeah. a much less extent than, than, than we actually practice yeah. as people. I believe we spend the vast, not 99% of people spend the vast majority of their time either obsessing and hypothesizing about uh-huh. future problems that they are never going to experience uh-huh. or reflecting on past situations and reading into them far too significantly. Yes, absolutely. The, rea- the reality is a lot of us spend way too much time in our heads. So when you're actually interacting with people, um, you're not actually in the present. What meditation is, is to me at least, is coming into, con- uh, coming into contact and, and sending energy towards your your sensation your your touch your smell because those are all markers that that bring you back to the present moment Mm -hmm. because the reality of of our predicament on this planet is we we are going to experience everything in this life in the present moment everything you will ever experience in life will be in the present moment i believe yeah yeah go ahead 
I believe like the, the intuition, the plan about the future. Cause a lot of people will say, okay, you say that. So then should you just like, Oh, do whatever you want to do now. And then not plan for the future. Like what's going to happen for your job and your work. Yeah. I believe I, I don't believe fool. that holds water. Exactly. No, that that's fool's talk. That's yeah. there has to be like, and I, well, let me, let me just jump in for a second here. Like Go ahead, the idea of like top being in um, the idea of ego and how yeah. it is, it is, the vital piece in our survivability and that we yeah. have, we have the autobiographical memory. So we understand yeah. that there, because of the past, there will things be things that happen in the future and we can plan for okay. the well, we can also mm-hmm. have, like you said, our fight or flight. Um, mm-hmm. And we have intuition. We have, we have this inexplicable kind of rationalization mm-hmm. of, of something. Mm-hmm. And, and then we, we make decisions. And I think uh-huh. people, and then the, the idea of too much time in our heads, that was also something that, that I find interesting because it's, the idea is when you're too much in your head, you're, you're doing exactly what you just said, which is planning for the future excessively, or you're, you're reevaluating everything to an extent too much. And those are that yeah. with like the two, those are at, at their extreme levels, anxiety for the f- future, depression for the past. And obviously mm-hmm. there, there's, there's, a, there's a spectrum for that and mm-hmm. a lot of other variables playing into that. Mm-hmm. But something that I've actually uh, come to appreciate with meditation is um, the experience of us, you, me, physical mm-hmm. bodies, mm-hmm. Uh, plus our, our minds um, as consciousness. And so we, mm-hmm. we can, and so when I think of being in our heads now, I, I mm-hmm. don't, it's actually, I, I tr- genuinely think it's too much. There can be too much, but I mm-hmm. also think like you can't, you can't entirely just disintegrate the ego and then say, that's mm-hmm. it. I don't care about anything or any, and that's a purely nihilistic perspective. And so having, mm-hmm. finding that balance between, mm-hmm. all right, understanding what I've done in the past, understanding what I've done in the mm-hmm. future, and then applying that to the present current state of my physical being, mm-hmm. my mental state, and mm-hmm. using that to to fully experience consciousness has mm-hmm. allowed has allows at least in a sense allows people and me personally to not um, to not dig myself a hole into into specific portions of my my uh, life um, mm-hmm. rather and rather see them as as like you, like you said I mean op- an opportunity to to mm-hmm fully experience grow. and grow mm-hmm. and fully experience that present moment mm-hmm. as a, as the individual that you are and not as, mm-hmm. you know, these overarching factors that have an influence, but are not the, the current being that you are, you are way more than just your name, your identity yes. and all these other it's, aspects. It's funny. It's funny. You bring that up. Cause I was literally this morning listening to a podcast by Benny Ram Dass. Um, oh, I love Ram Dass. He's unbelievable. Awesome. Yeah. Unbelievable. If you, any listeners, if you haven't watched his Netflix uh, movie called, I think, Going Home. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Amazing Phenomenal. stuff. But I was, just, I was listening to Ram Dass talk about, um, talk about how we have these models for who we are. And we are constantly trying to define ourselves. For example, I would say, I am Yaya. I am a man. I am a black man. I am from... Uh, Dubai and I have all of these and I have all these models and all these visions of of or images of of who 
this body is and all of them add this certain pressure to me to try and fit that mold of what I've defined for myself and a lot of times what people define me as and so for example if you're in that situation and you are somebody who tends to be shy or for example I feel this pressure in the opposite if if because I mean everyone has those fears so if I'm ever in a situation where there is a circle or there is a stage and I'm like ah I don't really want to go on this Mm -hmm. one everyone's like what like you're Yaya like you're the person who's who's always down, who's super willing. Mm -hmm. And I feel that pressure in the opposite way. But I think what we need to understand is that we're constant. I mean, Bruce Lee has this quote, like, be like water. We're constantly changing. And I I think we spend our lives constantly trying to learn and relearn who we are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's, that's the idea of like, we have the, it's it's going back to the ego thing. I mean, you have, um, and it's, it's expressed, um, kind of the, the ego dissolution and psychedelics. And we, there's also mm-hmm. the psychedelic state experienced in meditation and sometimes in yoga mm-hmm. as well. And it's mm-hmm. this, when you can experience a purely flow state where you don't have, you don't have this model anymore. You don't have this mm-hmm. image of yourself. Um, mm-hmm. It's in neuroscience. There's a, there's the network of the, the DMM, the default mode network. And mm-hmm. that's kind of known as like the, where you have your autobiographical memory and kind of self, mm-hmm. sense of self mm-hmm. that gets turned off. <laughs> it, it, uh, it allows, mm-hmm. it allows for this, this kind of like opening up of, mm-hmm. of your experience to have, mm-hmm. to see the, almost the most objectively true reality. Yes. Yeah. That is, that is yes. still obviously the reality is, is almost entire. I mean, yeah, it's 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 subjective. Our reality, you exactly. and me right now, we're talking, but your experience right now is entirely different from my experience. Most definitely. And and that being able to, because I I, I say the word dissociate, but I don't want to say it as like, as in oh screw it. More like uh-huh. let me just take a step away from distance it. exactly distance yeah. yourself and and fabricate the 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 sensation that is a objective and. Un, I guess, yeah, uninfluenced um, mm-hmm. and I guess unstigmatized perspective mm-hmm. of yourself, but also your, your mm-hmm. current situation and something like mm-hmm. with, um, with, cause I, I keep jumping back cause it's actually something I haven't really considered was the idea of being at a party and jumping into a dance circle and mm-hmm. something I will, I have probably done, let's say I've been in a hundred dance circles. I've probably mm-hmm. been in about eight being the middle person, the guy mm-hmm. who was dancing mm-hmm. and everyone's watching. I, mm-hmm. I, it's rare when I do it and mm-hmm. it's not cause it's something that I have to build enough courage and I have to, there mm-hmm. has to be a bunch of factors that come into the moment that I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know what? Screw it. Most it. Yeah. Of the time, though, it's an excessive worry. It's a, it's a worry mm-hmm. that I'm like, I don't even know what I'm going to do when I stand in the middle. And, and when you break it down, like you said, if you were able to distance yourself from your image, it's because mm-hmm. you're, 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 we spent, like I said, we spent too much time in our, in our we identify in with our, our thoughts. Yes. We ad- and and that, that to me is the key thing. We, we not only spend too much, we don't treat our thoughts like, like I like thinking of them as butterflies. Like we don't, we, 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 if a butterfly lands on you. You watch it and it goes away. Exactly. If a butterfly lands on you and you name it and you say, oh, this is my favorite butterfly, my favorite color. 
when it flies away, it's going to be the saddest moment. Of it's a heartbreaking moment. It's a heartbreaking moment. Mm-hmm. But when a butterfly lands and you're just able to appreciate like, wow, that's a very beautiful butterfly and yeah. it goes away. Or wow, that's an ugly butterfly and it goes away. You're not, you're not along for the ride. No, with exactly. Thoughts, with our thoughts, it's so hard to do that sometimes because, and I know, I know that everyone has thoughts that are just beyond them. For example, like I've had, certain crazy like sadistic thoughts sometimes where i'm like why would you ever even think that like you are messed up mm-hmm. and you start thinking like oh my god am i a bad person am i yeah. no you do not you have i believe you have a sort of like veto power again with your thoughts like you can you can choose to bring yourself into the present um but your thoughts they just they're just running constantly and if you identify with them and i think that's what happens in moments like these we we start believing our thoughts but the reality is, if you go in that middle of the circle and you, what's the worst thing you have? You, you, you like mess up. Yeah. Or say like you fall. Okay. I'm guaranteeing you 10 minutes later, not a single person in the room is remembering. No. Like, not, not one. Mm-hmm. Like, and if somebody does, it's usually in the positive light. If anything. Exactly. It's if hilarious. you're worried, it's like, oh, that was funny. That's it. A lot, a lot of people also like respect love and like i said they're attracted to that energy like when you when you do that a lot of people are going to be like, even if you fuck up they're gonna be like wow like that's funny you're like wow they're, they're gonna look at it in a positive way like rarely mm-hmm. are they gonna be like oh you're a fucking idiot dude but yeah, all idiots. you don't you don't want those that people in your life those type of people in your life no right? exactly you no know? um but yeah the other thing that we were talking about sorry um go ahead the, the two ways that i see oh yeah yeah that us i said the ego and then i believe we all have this however i feel like if, if, if you're religious divine would 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 work as a word mm-hmm. um but if you're not religious i would say loving this loving energy um that i think we we'd come in contact to in meditation um this acceptance this surrender to the present um, where you're just in a state of awe and love with with certain um, beautiful phenomena in the world. I think that's the part of us that when, when we hold a newborn baby is absolutely drawn. The part of us when we see a sunset, no matter what, like I believe Hitler would swoon at a Maui sunset, uh, no matter who. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that, yeah. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. and I, I believe that happens through us becoming in contact with, um, or, or resonating something resonating with our our loving or divine essence um and honestly like i've really um come to start seeing like okay with with my experience um in the world especially going to america now now having lived in america the past two years yeah um and having the the privilege of like traveling and, and and embracing being able to embrace certain cultures for a certain amount of time and meeting and having conversations with people, I found that love transcends religion, culture, language, all barriers. Yeah, I a totally loving, agree with that. Mm-hmm, and a loving person than me, that and I, I found that a lot of, of the reasons why people and I think religion, um, politics, so many religion specifically, um, why why there's tends to be so much disagreement is because we get caught up on the words. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. like you know how you know how for example if i was speaking to someone just now and this is why i said divine uh divine um energy and loving energy because if i was speaking to someone who wasn't religious and i said divine energy they'd be like oh he only believes that because he's, he's some religious mm-hmm. 
dude. Yeah. The loving energy hits them. And it's the same for a religious person. And I've actually had that experience with both of my grandparents. My grandmother, sorry, well, my grandparents' side, my grandmother on my dad's side, extremely strict Muslim grandmother. Okay. Absolutely loving, has only ever shown unconditional love. I love her to death. My, on my mom's side, to die, like a die hard, uh, Christian and a very, very um, strict branch Christianity called Seventh Day Adventism. I've heard um, of it, but don't really know much. Yeah, it is. It is the strictest from Christianity. Like it is. on, they have Sabbath, and and so it's kind of like uh, in the Jewish tradition. So from like mm-hmm. Friday, I think to Saturday, um, not they can't do anything, sports, music, movies that don't have to do with God. Um, wow. Yeah, and so she lives literally in a trailer park in Oregon. And she doesn't have to, but yeah. she's just, that's just where her, her community is. That's and right. the polar opposite, my, my, my dad's grandmother lives in like some extravagant, luxurious like <laughs> compound in Dubai. And it's just like complete opposites. And I've loved both of them and I connect with, them, with both of them very much. And when I talk to my grandmother about sort of ex- uh, on my mom's side, the one in Oregon, the Christian, about uh, my experiences of the world, um, and how I've, I've grown personally, the spiritual growth I've done, I frame it in terms of Jesus Christ, in terms of um, the, the Holy Spirit. And, and I, I basically speak her language, but the message is very much the same. Yeah. And, and it's, it, it, that, that is across the board. I even believe that certain, certain, um, certain atheists or agnostics who, who don't like to, to, the, the the honestly the sound of the word god just shuts them off mm. and honestly i understand them to a large extent because i believe that the religious institution has been manipulated for control for power and god has now been morphed into this image of an elderly white man pulling the strings overbearing too there's also like an overbearing aspect and a and a non-universal view that there's given yeah i totally agree it, Exactly. And, and I'm, I mean, to, I would be shocked if, if, if the majority of people were able to accept and love oh, an elderly white man pulling the strings, that would be, that would be, that's beyond me. Like that's uh-huh. not a, definitely a God I believe in. When I start, and it's honestly, when I started um, once again, challenging the model of God that had been, I guess, introduced to me through society yeah. and started, I started seeing God more as a, as like I said, a loving energy. Yeah. And an energy. Unifi- Exactly. A unifying force, Mm -hmm. a force that I believe is in everything we see and experience in this world. That's when I I felt even more connected to my spiritual practice. Okay. And is a reason why, despite, um, despite my, I guess, reworking of how I see religion, I stay, um, I guess, practicing my uh, religious rituals. For example, I pray five times a day because I found, I find that there, I, I experienced like I, like we talked about this this um, I guess this calling or this energy to the present moment uh, in prayer that grounds me, and um, because of um, the because of I understand it's only because I was raised in a in a very strict religious house not strict religious household but in, in, a, in a culture where prayer was um, influenced onto yeah. Me that's how I'm drawn to spiritual practice. But to me, there's no difference than someone who, who practices their breathing several times a day, someone who 
it's the same thing. And honestly, when you say I met, when you say I pray, a lot of people are turned off. But when you say I meditate, everyone's like, whoa. Mm, absolutely cool. absolutely but it's, lang- it's all language it is well no there's a lot of um a lot to unpack there but yeah definitely it is it is a, the like influence of language as as something that can be universal the universal the transcendence mm-hmm. of something and mm-hmm. i was good i wanted to jump in for about about um love because i've had a, yes. like i had like an interesting realization about love a couple like i don't know how long ago but it was yes. basically the idea that when, when we talk about love, a lot of the times we treat it as a very positive kind of soft, you know, you yes. know beautiful thing. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. There are many aspects of love that are, that are exactly that, that is yes. pure beauty, <clears throat> but yes. it's also crude. It's raw. It's direct. It's honest. It's unconditional. So it goes through, it experiences all the, it can basically experience all the stages mm-hmm. of life with the mm-hmm. same kind of, um, going with the same word but mm. it, it's never it's 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 one of the most nuanced words that exists in the language yes. in in, in yes. any language because uh-huh. it because it can like you said it transcends it transcends um religions it tr- transcends language in a way that it still brings in this this emotion it taps into this human sense of connectedness yeah. that that mm-hmm. we don't see with religions because like you said i mean it's been totally morphed into this image of a human first off god should never be a man or a woman or a person humans <laughs> exactly. should not be gods it's exactly. a god who's a god so he's exactly. gonna have his, if there's a if there's Very a there's a thing that's god it's gonna Great be point. it's gonna be a this energy that's so beyond like a, a substance point. material yes. person yeah but um definitely. and i and i'm actually I, can... I would say yeah no i mean I, i'm actually i would say i'm probably an agnostic person like mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't think I'm falling into a category just yet, but I'd start there and then kind mm-hmm. of flower and try and figure it out. Yeah. Cause I, de- cause I definitely believe in spirituality. I a hundred percent believe in the, the opportunity that uh-huh. is given to you through meditation, through breathing uh-huh. practice, through, through uh-huh. learning as well, through learning through different uh-huh. cultures. So like uh-huh. with reading about Christianity, reading about Judaism, reading about Islam and reading about and talking to people about it as well and understanding that there are elements that are very, that yeah. kind of have a baseline agreement. Each, it, almost yeah. all religions kind of agree on a bunch of stuff. Yes. They, have, they have like these variable interpretations and obviously yes. with, with words, that's what's going to happen. We're going to have yes. these, these misinterpretations. But I mean, the way I look at religion, I look at it in terms, okay, I'm going to try and draw a mental picture for the listeners. Say, right. <clears throat> say there's, um, we're sitting all at, at a round table and there is a bottle, a hydro flask in the middle of the table. We're all looking at this. We're all amazed at this beautiful, unbelievably unifying, connecting hydro flask. It's just emitting okay. this positive, loving energy, but we're all looking at it from different angles. Okay. So if I were to describe someone who's sitting to the, to the left of me, what, what this hydroflask is like, how it yeah. looks, what, it, what, what it's expressed, it's going to be different than the person sitting across from me and that person. So to me, the way I look at, the way I look at um, for example, um, the imagery in Islam talking about heaven. And, and when it talks about heaven, they, they speak of an oasis. They speak of bodies of, of 
like these rivers of like milk and honey. But if you're talking to someone, for example, from Maui, who's surrounded by water, mm-hmm. an oasis isn't necessarily the most beautiful, yeah. the most relaxing thing. It may be something else. Um, so honestly, I've, I'm not, I, I've realized, and I honestly started with my mother, because um, I used to ask my mother what she wants, and she would never give me a straight up answer. Um, and she would always say, um, I experience the love of God, just like how I experience you, you know, like when I look at a sunset, when I look at a tree, I experience that love. And whether you want to call it love of God, the universe, to me, we're speaking of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to me, I'm not actually interested in like the label anymore. Yeah. It's I, not about, I think, yeah, it's not no, where it's coming from. It's how it no, makes you feel. Exactly. And depending yeah. on who's asking the question, like to me, I, I believe that you don't have to necessarily know what Islam is. For example, I believe the Buddha lived by Muslim uh, principles because Muslim principles are just loving principles. So uh, 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 someone who, who, someone who is, is a person of love and lives a loving life, a loving way, to me that you are a person of, of, of God. It doesn't matter how you want to describe it. Doesn't yeah. Matter what you want to label it mm. to me we're, it's the same it's, it's that same transcending um uh experience yeah you know? it's yeah that transcending sure. like you know you know what i'm saying yeah I, no absolutely and i to like i guess the the easiest way to describe like the concept of god for me and it, it probably does transcend religion is a relation is the the relationship between like space and time yeah. And the, <clears throat> and then also the interactions of, of people creating mm-hmm. a reality and an mm-hmm. energy that is outside of our control, but also has no, I, this is where I, I lose the religious people is that there is no moral grounding for um, God. God does stuff. It happens. Life continues yeah. to go on. The moral grounding is where we find it, and that and it's based in religion. Absolutely, uh-huh. we found. You're saying like that things are good and bad. We created the good and bad part. Yeah. God just tells, "Here's time passing. Here's Earth existing. Here's these things yeah. happening," and and I'm I have an influence on them, but uh-huh. I think I think there's there's an element of, um, like a freedom of will. I don't entirely mm-hmm. believe in pure free will or pure predestination. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of in the middle on that mm-hmm. one, but it's that it's that there's we we've found, and also God is just the word that we use. It's the concept mm-hmm. of this overarching energy yes, energy wave. That, yeah, yeah, it's just a theme that that kind of yeah. helps us find direction in life. And and like yeah. going into religion quickly, just I I'm for what religion tried to do when it was first. Yeah incorporated Great. in life at was inception, at its inception yeah, yeah. As it, at its inception i totally understand where it came from and it was trying to answer questions that we could we still can't answer and mm-hmm. and i think the problem that has come from a lot of it is that there's well the first off there's like eight billion people on this earth so there's eight mm-hmm. billion different interpretations of everything and so that yeah. doesn't help at all and I, I don't and, think that's a problem i think it's beautiful i don't think it's a problem at all oh well, yeah, yeah okay yeah it. fair enough fair enough i actually agree yeah. with that but in the problem in that there is, there's still, and I, this is, I learned about this in this uh, documentary that I, I told you about the Islam and the future of terrorism yeah, yeah. and how there's, there's concentric circles 
of belief uh-huh. within Islam yeah. mainly. Yeah. And there's, there's the radicalism in the middle. And then uh-huh. Islamism, which is the implementation of Islam in government. So Sharia uh-huh. law. And then there's conservative Islam, which is more... Uh-huh. They live their life by by um, by the three books, but but don't don't impose on anyone to a certain yeah. extent. To a certain extent, I mean, obviously, there's yeah. there's still an imposition that I have on you and you have on me. And then there's reformist yeah. Islam, and reformist yeah. Islam is more the the most 21st century modernized perspective because it is just and it's it's the same thing with and exists in all religions really. I mean, you have. Yeah you have radical Christians and, and then Christianism and all these, you yeah. have these different, different um, implementations. Yeah. And that's where I see there is, it's beautiful, but it's also a problem because there's, there's always, it's good things come or uh, mm-hmm. all good things come in moderation because there has to yeah. be at this point, all these religions, you could just say, and the argument would always fly saying like, these guys wrote it over a thousand years ago. What the hell do they know? That's it though. Yeah. And obviously yeah. the, the basis of that argument is different because I think mm-hmm. in Islam, it's, it's more the word of God. So you can't change mm-hmm. it. Don't touch it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's the same thing with Christianity and Judaism. Yeah. As well. There's a big, uh-huh. that's my problem is that yeah. there's no room for adaptation that uh-huh. and somehow though, somehow over these thousands of years, we've still been able to have thriving societies and we've had these societies because we've been able to adapt, but we still have uh-huh. those, those who are still I applying you. the dogmatic um, yeah. overarching kind of view of it. I get you. And with Islam, I can only speak for Islam for Islam. Um, my understanding of the, first of all, I believe if you're a radical Muslim, you're just not a Muslim. <laughs> like, mm. To me, to Why me, like if, if, you're, if you're, if you're, from for me from my understanding well, by radical okay i'm talking about sort of the um the people who believe for or the, the terrorist groups the people who believe yeah yeah that, like, it's it's a huge fear as as that yeah. yes to me like you're just simply not living by any of the islamic principles the at the beginning of every single surah it talks about in the name of god it says literally in the name of god the most merciful the most kind in yeah, my favorite, dude. in my yeah. in my favorite surah in in the Quran, it talks. It says in Arabic, it says "lakum dinukum which means that you have your religion and I have mine. You have your beliefs, I have mine. Interesting. None of that. How is that <laughs> not applied? Me, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So to me, oh. like, okay, if you are radical, if you're a radical Muslim and believe that all people who are Muslims should burn and die, you're just not a like you're not you're doing it wrong. Like you're not you're. You're, yeah, you're just, you're just not. And so that's my take on that. And my understanding of Islam actually, um, I guess I've morphed it. And I think a lot of this stems from like um, the sort of personal attachment that I understand that I have just ingrained in me from like a childhood um, to try and incorporate Islam into my, in my beliefs because it's, I think it's been my spiritual, my vessel through uh, of spirituality through which I access spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, for me, like, my interpretation of Islam is always open to adaptation. Like, every time I read a, the, a surah and I, I actually recite the same surah, it ha- carries a different meaning. I, I, it, it adds a different layer. Surahs um, are... And metaphor. 
it's sores like a, are the verse. Okay, verse. Okay, okay. It's like, it's like, it't's like, yeah. Want to clarify because I, yeah. I didn't know. And it's better no, you're know. good. You're good. You're good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Every time I read a sewer, it carries different meaning. And to me, it's, it's all speaking in metaphor. So I think you talk about us having 8 billion people, like one of my favorite parts of, of, of being a, a or, or in being involved in the Muslim communities, having debates, conversations of how things are to be interpreted. Um, I, I don't believe that um, the way things, people interpreted things thousands of years ago at the, at the inception of the Quran is how I should live now. Um, that sort of um, orthodox, um, I guess, understanding of religion. Literal. That's not so, exactly. I don't, I don't, I don't resonate. That does not resonate with me. And honestly, that doesn't mm -hmm. reflect my, my reality. My biggest thing has been, I can't believe in a God who doesn't. Okay. Like one of the thoughts that would really kill me as a kid was I've met so many amazing Christian people, so many amazing Buddhist people, so many amazing people who just, who just aren't Muslim or don't count as Muslim. If I do not believe in a God who would send that person to hell, that was, that was my biggest thing. That would not be my God to me. Like, and that is a question that people need to continuously ask themselves. Like, it doesn't make sense. For example, my mom, she wouldn't call herself a Muslim. She was raised by her mother, very strict Christian. And then marry my father. She had to completely reconsider all of her, her Christian beliefs. And when yeah. she, when she looked at Christianity and its development she, and she realized how far her branch of Christianity that she's been, she's been, I guess, preached her whole life has, has disseminated from, what Christianity was meant to be at its source. Yeah. She was like, whoa, whoa, there was way <laughs> too much room here for interpretation. Yeah. Yes. Like, there's way too much room here for interpretation. And and something that my mom and I always say is people's limitations are embedded in their interpretation. So so you are constantly consuming thousands of years of of limited to our to your perception of reality, uh, interpretation of of this text. Um, to me, I look at religion more as a philosophy. And one of the beautiful parts about philosophy is that you discuss and you don't apply it all the same. Um, it's incredibly nuanced and continues exactly. to change. It's like consciousness it's, too. You have an exactly. experience. Those experiences as, as you experience exactly. life continue to uh -huh. morph your existence. Uh -huh. Same thing uh -huh. with philosophy. Yeah. And I found that spirituality has explained a lot of the uh variances in the type of people in religion in just in, in life that i've that i've met and ran into i find that negativity um and negativity stems a lot from people who are identified with their egos people who who um who see who are are i guess distance themselves from the unifying love that that i feel we all have um and those for for me like those an example of that would be these radical muslims like anyone who believes that i have i have the power to just end someone's life because i believe something or to me like that's someone who's who's completely ego run ego filled and honestly i'm not interested in judging that person i look at that person more as confused i'm like you're just yeah you're just clearly confused i i truly don't believe in judgment um uh, especially because I think I think that's because I, I believe that the reason why we do like judging as a society is because 
inherent in me saying that someone is bad, I think is the presumption that I'm better. It's also a lot easier to jump to a conclusion than it is to actually take the time to consider their position and then do something about it. It's a shortcut. If if I say something like this, I I, I now no longer have to learn and relearn them, who Mm -hmm. they are, because who we we are is ever-changing. And that honestly, like, this is sort of like a twist, I guess, but that uh, in regards to um, how I've experienced um, these past couple months in terms of like the whole racial climate of America, Mm -hmm. I've honestly, like my experience... um, being raised in Dubai, where honestly, the there there wasn't obviously there was some form of it was classism more than racism, and that's large in part because I remember you talking class. about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Tell me about. It. Go yeah. ahead. I'll explain yeah. for our listeners. <laughs> the highest class of uh, are the locals, the Emiratis, the, and those are the original tribesmen and the people who came um, to the country. The country is only fifty years old. So the people who came to the country um, earliest, um, they have the right of, of a passport. You can't get the passport. It's no matter how, if you were born there or whatever, you will not be able to get it. And people who have the passport get extreme, extreme benefits. Actually, um, a company, if you want to start a company there, um, a lot of times a local has to own at least 51% of it, the majority. What? Yeah. Yeah. And locals... Um, are the, uh, up until I think last year, only locals could own land there. You can only own land. If you're a Jeez. foreigner, you can only own land on another island. Yeah. So locals have extreme wow. benefits. And the, yeah. the country's, the country's unbelievably rich at this point. So like mm-hmm. the, the, the amount of money being pumped into the locals is absurd. Um, and so the locals are, they would be considered brown skin. They were kind of like Indian complexion. Um, Arab looking though. So like very thick beards, thick hair. So there yeah. wasn't really that racism. I never really saw myself as a black man. One thing my sister says that, that I think um, always speaks volumes to our experiences. She didn't realize she was black until she went to America. Dude, um, I've heard so many people say that. It's crazy yeah. to think that. No, I'm Being... telling you, it's, it's just this whole energy. I, I, and honestly, it, yeah. I think it's extremely toxic and it, and it, 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 it just contributes such tension unnecessary tension mm-hmm. where like especially when you talk about race people are so scared people are so scared and it's i understand why because yeah. it's just this it's like this colossal i guess elephant in the room that's ever present to me and i've did not like it what <laughs> whatsoever no, when, I first, yeah. when i first came like I, I started taking classes on um black history because i mean i just didn't know anything my i went to an american school but we didn't learn about martin luther king malcolm x civil rights really? yeah wow. as a black as a black person in america like how could you not know about the civil rights era how could you not know about all these people so obviously i felt this real really big pressure to 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 learn to adapt um but i kept on finding that that i i, I didn't have that 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 pain body that that um i guess emotional i guess landmine of a space um that which every time i heard something that was partially racially charged would be ignited like yeah so for example that for trigger. example like exactly i didn't have it the trigger wouldn't work yeah but I, I realized that's that's what we need for example um um 
there was an incident where one of my teammates, my track teammates, was walking across the street and a pair of UMass guys were in a car, yelled the N-word. And he's like... What? He's, That's so dumb. He starts That's... running after he starts Oh, running after shit. Them, running after them. And in my head, I'm like, running after them? I would never do that. They're in a car. I, yeah, me, I'm just like, wait, what's the point? Like, yeah. The way I look at it, if someone is, is dumb enough to say something like that, knowing with that intention, like trying to hurt you, mm-hmm. why should I give them the time of day? You're yeah. only, you're only feeding your own, to me, I look it's at almost fueling like, the fire. Absolutely. Exactly. Could not agree it's like, more. If, it's, it's like if someone gave you their signature punch and you just ate it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like right hook. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like the end, like <laughs> that's all you like, got. Yeah. Like, and it, at the end of it, it's a word. But I feel like I was literally taught to be sensitized to it, which is, which is to me indicative of what's happening in our society. Um, I feel like power comes in, 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 in understanding that you are the only person that can dictate your, 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 your experience, your, your experience. You are the only person allowing, never allow external factors to determine your internal peace. Ever. Mm-hmm. That's, um, and that's the whole like thing with, it goes, it circulates to a lot of different things, but like, I guess with talking about, cultural climate currently it is yeah we have the 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 social scenario right now surrounding race has looked uh-huh. at it as you are who you are make that everything that is your experience and so that yeah. that automatically kind of doesn't allow you're automatically you've just put on a shirt as in the yeah. concept, like you have now, Labeled you're wearing this, this jersey and you're giving yourself yeah. a label. That it's not a bad thing. Yeah. We have labels exist. They're they're there for a reason. I just think I've talked about this a lot before, but like the there's an overemphasis that I'm seeing on mm-hmm. on on identity is really what it is because yes. we're seeing it with gender, uh, sexual orientation. Yeah. We're seeing yeah. it with. Um, even like height like there's just stuff there's all there's this tribalistic yes this tribalistic like groundings that come from that come from stuff things that we can't control like at least at least in 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 dubai you Mm -hmm. can or in in united arab emirates you have the control to or not you but like and 50 years ago when people Mm -hmm. were coming into that country Mm -hmm. there was a control there and then yeah. from there it sprouted and now like you being, if you were local or not, that's not really in your control. But yeah. in that moment, there was at least something classism that, that sprouted yeah. from somewhere that was, was a decision. No one chooses to be the color of their skin. No one chooses it's what gen- genitals they have. No one ch- yeah. cares. Like no one actually chooses how tall you are. But, uh-huh. but the, it's how you can use that and synthesize that, 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 um, the existing kind of kind of physical circumstances to then yeah. to, to then you know exist in a, in the most like casual or not casual but the most human way have the fullest mm-hmm. conscious experience and not mm-hmm. limit yourself it's like saying constantly mm-hmm. to people instead of saying i am i'm nico i say oh i am a white cis man male nico like wh- who the it's, fuck cares it's- <laughs> it's, it's exactly what I just talked to you exactly, about. We just exactly. Talked about, where you just have to, you just list uh, uh, labels where people, mm-hmm. and this, I don't blame people for this, this is how we're engineers as, as human, 
when we hear labels, we have an energy attached to it. Mm -hmm. When, when I hear, for example, me as a, if you, when you hear white cis, there's things that enter your head. You're like this, 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 and you're almost like building a profile for yeah, the person yeah, before yeah. you, before it's you a even narrative. meet them, yeah, yeah, yeah. before you even meet them. It is to me, it's, it's absolutely the wrong direction. <laughs> yes. Well, that's, and, that's what I was saying about ego also was ego is that it's that which you use to create the dichotomy between subject exactly. and, subject the, the and everything else. Exactly. Exactly. I, I couldn't and, agree more. The separatism. That, yeah. It's that separate. It's, but it's like, it's trying to, cause it, it was so weird. I was trying, I've been trying to like understand it and it's like, we, by focusing on the individual so much, we yeah. kind of, we, we took sandpaper and kind of scrubbed it all the way down to the basic um, facets of our identity and then try to build the individual from there. And that's, that's how mm -hmm. life is. But the imposition of those base, base um, circumstances yeah. as being the vital thing, like you're saying, we should not do that. We don't need to mm -hmm. do that because it is, it is an oversimplification and it's also, it also divides us. I mean, we're seeing it with, we're seeing it in religion, but we're also seeing it in our country now it's, it's starting to be with like, um, and obviously the, the worst part about all this and the, like, I hate criticizing the, the current like woke movements, they come from a good place. It's, it's, it's a yeah. product of the environment. It's trying to yeah. create an equal society, but yeah. the implementation of it now has become so, so focused on being mm -hmm. on being what race you are, what gender you mm -hmm. are, your so your socioeconomic status, all these mm -hmm. things that I didn't choose to live in this house. I didn't choose to have an Argentine mom and, and a American yeah. dad. I didn't, I didn't like. Oh, choice. you know what? I like this one more. I'd like to speak Spanish just, as my first language instead I, of just English. It's like what? I think it's absolutely useless. Mm -hmm. To me, it's 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 honestly like it's kind of like what you see in soccer, you know, in like teams, but, but it's like, if you were just born into a team and then you yeah. just like hated every, you know how the, that experience that we have, that tribalism we have with soccer yeah. where we're like, we're like, Oh no, I actually like, I feel a certain way about Manchester United. Like no matter, like if I meet a mm -hmm. Man U fan, like I actually like, I hate like, Manchester United. I, yeah. Exactly. There's but a fire. So sad. Yeah. That's what, that's what's happening to us as people. We're literally mm -hmm. like, you, you will just hear like, and this is, this is what would kill me. Like I'd be speaking to someone and they'd just be like, or, or someone would talk about, for example, I'd be with a group of black people and they'd talk about, oh yeah, this white dude came up and you can just feel like- You oh, feel that tension. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's oh. like, what? It's like, so just, weird. It's so weird. And it's so unnecessary. I, I hate it. Yeah. I absolutely hate it. Yeah. I despise it. And honestly, when I, after having, um, I think it was after- after the incident, the whole lacrosse incident at Amherst, mm. I um, was talking to my uncle and he's the one who helped me snap out of it because I had been, because everyone I'm surrounded and being in America, we are all part of our environment to an extent, to a large extent, I think. And so to me, like being around that sort of, I guess, sensitized environment, I felt like, oh yeah, like if someone punch someone because he got called the n-word then like good on him like, go on that yeah. other guy had it coming no that is not <laughs> don't do that no, no, no that is the opposite that is the yeah opposite actually opposite. i was on the same same thing too i was like fucking yeah. hit him a hundred times if you want yeah yeah but, but go ahead no because honestly like and i 
I'm sorry. I have to say, I have to publicly say, I'm sorry to my mom because she always taught me violence is not the answer. Um, we have I, instincts, though. We have instincts. It, it happens. Very, very okay. Yeah. To me, the only violence is okay. The way I look at like physical retaliation, I look at that as like uh, if 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 you should never choose to. If you can choose not to physically Do retaliate. It. Then choose, choose not, not to. to. Yes, yes. If it's if it's as if it's such a strong reaction that you're just moved to physically react, you have no control. At that point, you're operating blind. You know, mm-hmm. with rage. Mm-hmm. You're just red with rage, right? Yes. I understand that. I understand that. And and that's what I that's why when I was speaking about uh, my experience of race in America, I described not having that sort of emotional, um, I guess like emotional um, threshold, threshold or or. Um, uh, I guess wood to, so that a fire could, could light on. Oh, interesting. Light, okay. You know? It's like a spark. You know in a sense, a spark. I, I, yeah. But there was nothing for the, for the, yeah, exactly. There was, there was no fuse or there was fire. nothing to actually no. start that fire. Too. It, exactly. Exactly. So, so when like someone like lit a match or dropped a match in my, like a racial, I guess, experience, nothing would happen. I just be yeah. like, okay. Okay. Now cool. it's, it's gasoline everywhere. For yeah, a lot of that, people. But, to me, like, there is so much power in that. There's so much power in not being able, like we said, not, not reacting to people. Not identifying Talk. with the emotion that is currently hitting yes. you yes. and doing yes. it as you'd like and choosing yes. to think in a way that is productive and allows you to make the consequences of your actions what you want yes. them to be rather yes. than just punching a guy in the face. Obviously, I don't, I don't, I'm, in retrospect, it's always like, don't do the opposite. But in the, it yeah. always comes down to the, the, that present moment when you have that confrontation and you actually have to make that decision. So obviously yeah. I can't, I don't judge um, those involved in those, those circumstances. Like I yes. think, and I totally also want to jump back on the idea of judgment. I totally agree with you. Judgment is something that I've, I've been trying to release myself from because when mm-hmm. I don't judge someone, I then let myself listen to them. And then I can actually formulate uh, a conversation that is better because I'm not putting on these. It's, it's the same thing. It's, it's yeah. this, like it's putting on a veil. And now you have to yeah. see everything through that veil. It's the same thing yeah. about with identity and existence. And that mm-hmm. if you don't put those labels, you don't put mm-hmm. those, those pre-existing variables into mm-hmm. account and you take just in the, in the pure individual as it is, you're mm-hmm. able to, and I talked about this with a couple of people and, um, and it's talking about with like, with regards to, to having an argument, having a debate mm-hmm. philosophically uh, via mm-hmm. race, via any, any sort of social issue currently. If you don't identify with your emotions in that, in that situation, it is so easy to just listen, to take the shit that they're going to yeah. give you. A lot of the times yes. you're going to get criticized yes. and being able yeah. to just go, I hear yep. you. I hear you continue to explain why you're saying uh-huh. what you're saying. And at exactly. one point I'm going to figure it out and then I'm going to show you my side of it. And you're actually going to appreciate my side of it too, because yeah. now we have a, a, a relationship that isn't purely mm-hmm. on on, on uh-huh. insults or on, on emotion. It's cognitive yeah. and it's, it's, a, it's a dichotomy that it's a balancing scale. You kind of sit yeah. with one. You can't go yeah. too much on one side. You can't just ignore mm. 
the the pre-existing um conditions of of being a human being and and you know mm-hmm. that everything that society kind of lays on us and you can't mm-hmm. also just overemphasize it either there has to be a balance there that allows for a this this uh you know ever ever evolving um social circumstance and like philosophical circumstance and mm-hmm. religious circumstance so that there's mm-hmm. room for adjustment there's room for adaptability that there's growth and there's there's a bit more fluidity and there's a universality to that to that um to the messages that are being given and rather than just uh if you're this screw you if you're this go ahead like there's no Makes sense. You, you don't need to find, there can be a gray area where it, and yeah. you, you kind of sit there and you, and then you can pick side, you can kind of jump in yeah. on each side, but establishing that middle ground and mm-hmm. establishing that you're, you, you can, you can be mad. I'm not going to get mad though. I'm just going to sit here and listen. Exactly. Gonna, <laughs> you can do there's whatever so you much, want. And then you so impose that. And there's so exactly. much power in that. There's so much power in that. And yeah. to me, it is not a coincidence that as we become more sensitized as a population, the uh, disparity and the, um, the refusal to have productive debate between opposing sides yeah. has increased. Because now, like, and I, I sensed this at Amherst when I first came, one of the first things I sensed, listen, I came from an, from a, an extremely, um, I guess, particular Arab culture where there was very strong um, beliefs uh, that were imposed on the population. So I may not understand certain things the way other people did. And when I first came to Amherst, I sensed that with certain conversations, I literally feared for, 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 for saying the wrong thing so many times, so often. And that to me is the most, it's the saddest thing because it's the worst I know thing that you could do. Yeah. Cause I know my intentions are, are, are like, I, I know my intentions are, I'm actually trying to learn from you. I'm not, yeah. I'm not trying to throw shade. I'm not trying to, but everything is so personalized. And that is a symptom for being attached to your ego. You personalize things. You take things personally. Yeah. hundred percent. Exactly. And that yeah. to me is a recipe for a disaster in life. Absolute. <laughs> Heinous absolute disaster. But we're being taught to take things. Personally. We're <clears throat> yeah. being taught to look at things in depth and, and look at, Oh Yes. For example, okay, I don't honestly haven't looked at this and I hope I hope I don't. This is another situation where I don't know if a listener um, feels a different way about me than me about this, but Jack Harlow, you know who Jack Harlow is? Yeah. Um, he released an album um, where in the in the in the album cover it's him and a picture of him signing autographs in a car, and then there's a picture of a black lady next to him like her legs are like next to him okay. when i saw that i was like oh it's an interesting idea from an album cover no single part of me commented or thought oh he has a black lady in the car what does that mean what does yeah. it say what is but there was i'm telling you like and I, I i couldn't believe it until i heard him speak about it but because he he said that he him and his team are very uh, careful about the and i mean in this day and age you have to be very yeah, careful the image um, Exactly. Very careful with the image they, they portray and not trying to uh, start a fire. But apparently this, this picture raised some serious questions. I'm like, I'm like what? That is absolutely absurd. It's, it's also her legs. Like I'm not even, <laughs> it could be yeah, anyone. A, <laughs> she could be Hawaiian. It could be a dude in a dress. That's how like, it could be anyone, it, any scenario. I, 
to me, it's just like there you're really just searching. Like you're, you're really just searching for, for yeah. ways to feel hurt. Mm-hmm. To feel and honestly, what I found is we get as people, we get certain people, especially when you get in a in a in a, in a extended pattern of this, you become addicted to your pain. So I believe there's certain people who are actively searching for it because yes. they, within their identity is is how they've now labeled or identified with their suffering and yeah. so wow, they yeah. find themselves they feel invigorated uh when uh, and inspired when they when they they have another match to their to their fire mm-hmm. you know it's just like yes you know i get to it's like a, a pack of dogs <laughs> you know it's just like yes. yeah well they, they and it's interesting like that the idea of like the threshold, the threshold has been lowered to that where an album yeah. cover pisses people off. And it's yeah. not even about the album cover. It's about yeah. what's within the album cover and the message that he's not even absurd. trying to give. It's, it's trying. They say, he says he's meticulous. He says he's trying to be aware of the cultural climate and still, still despite being hyper aware of the circumstance, hyper it's, it's incredibly hyper i mean that's what it is you 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 become so it you you look for things that can find that fire that you yeah. found once and you so yeah. you lower the threshold and you become hyper aware yeah. and then you, mm-hmm. you now you also there's two other parts to it there's the confirmation bias where you're just looking for things that like that you're just mm-hmm. looking for something that could that could fit the narrative yeah. and then there's also the fact that a lot of people who are who are in these in these circles are just in echo chambers mm-hmm. and so yeah. hot, and so it's it's a cycle yeah they just, they keep bouncing keep, back yeah you're bouncing between between finding the thing finding the thing that could bother you and uh-huh. then re-implementing it to then find more things that could continue to confirm that and bother you more Rather than being like, why does that, who, like, I don't even have the question. It's so, it's so ridiculous sometimes. It's just reaching, reaching. Yeah. One, um, one thing I just thought of that may explain, and this is my whole thing. This is, and this is what I love. When you stop judging, you start thinking about, okay, why might this be happening? Yeah. Yeah. When you're judging, you're just like, exactly. When you judge, you're just like, oh, he's just, he's just a fucked up person. Yeah. That's why. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's easy. So, That's easy to do. Ex- exactly. Yeah, yeah. But thinking about why uh, one could be addicted to such suffering, I think it's because it might be because they have found meaning in their in their learning and and I guess yeah, learning of that suffering. For example, if you're someone who who up to this point um, you feel like Oh, like I'm someone who, for example, if you suffer from anxiety or over-identification with your mind, your mind's constantly running, overwhelmed, and you're, you're really trying to find yourself in this world and you find this cause that you're super devoted about. It gives you meaning. So now inherited in, in, in embedded within you feeling like you have a meaning and a purpose in this life is the, the other side of that coin, which is the thing the, the, the perpetuation of the fuel through which your suffering is fueled on or by. So if you, if you are, are someone who, who feels like, oh, like this, 
sort of race war or, or for example, yeah, if, if, you, if you're someone who feels like, oh yeah, the, the racial climate or, or me um, fighting for black rights or Asian rights or whatever, whatever it may be, has really given you purpose in life, as of embedded within you is gonna be this inclination to try and find more things to 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 give you that fire, to light it's, that fire. It's confirmed. It's, it's continuing perfect. to confirm that. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, and it's embedded within them. So mm -hmm. to them, it's, it's second nature. They're not making the conscious decision to. To yeah. them, it's just them trying to live their lives. They're also saying um, like, "How do you not see what I'm seeing?" And and you're just like, you, I, "I'm not looking I, for it. That's why." I'm, no, and that's the reality. And yeah. when you are looking for it, you just I, I think not looking for it is the or being able to look at it. Okay, I definitely don't believe you should be looking for it. And there's seeing it as it is. Exactly. And, and not much more, not much less. You just intention. In, intention to me is so means so 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 much. Yeah. Because yeah. intention to me, if, if for example, if he did, it or for example, if, okay, me coming to America. If I had said a comment that was in some way racist, say towards Native Americans. I would really appreciate it if someone called called me out, but I don't, I honestly, like, I think if, if, if my intentions were uh, to attack the Native American race, then I 100% agree with, with, with me getting the necessary uh, repercussions of, of my words. But if my intention, if I was just trying to express something that I've seen about America and, and people just started attacking me, one, that stops me from wanting to express and work through my misunderstandings in the future. Mm -hmm. And it just increases this divisiveness. Yeah. And I, I know, exactly. And I know like, um, I'm, I, I am a member of CACSAC on campus and, and Black Student Union. And honestly, I enjoy conversation I have in those spaces. And I'm, a lot of the conversations that I've had have been people explaining certain things about race to me because I see it differently. And mm -hmm. a lot of the time, I'm like, I see it this way. I don't believe, and I, I don't believe that, 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 um, or that, that this person was meaning this or that, that this had this hidden meaning or this hidden agenda, because I think that you're giving your, your, your mind a green light to personalize everything. Exactly. And our mind, trust me, our mind is fantastic at doing that. We're, if you we're give very mind, good at rationalizing. Very, 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 very good. So mm -hmm. if we give it a pause, if we give ourselves a positive reason, to per oh my god the 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 potential is endless <laughs> yes yes the room for growth is enormous i actually um you reminded me of like this analogy i've used before um <clears throat> and this is more unlike when you have two sides of an argument so for example in your situation where you said something that um affect like was negative towards the native american community uh-huh if you, let's say you were making a joke that was towards them and it was okay. meant to jab at them. Yes. My, I use this analogy a lot is the, <clears throat> there's two plots of land about you're yeah. probably four feet from one another. And okay. there's a short, about five foot fence standing between you and me. And okay. <clears throat> if you get below the fence, you can't see anything on the other side. And okay. you have a shovel and you have a ladder. And basically, yeah. <clears throat> let's, the moment that 
you made that comment, the, the fence is placed down and now there's, there's a separation between you and me because I'm mm -hmm. now addressing something that you've done. Now, yeah. what I do next is either I'm going to grab the shovel and I start digging or I mm -hmm. take the ladder and I take to your side and then I understand your side. And basically uh -huh. what happens a lot of the times happens to so many people. And it's, it's this whole thing you were saying about looking for being hyper aware of a, of a confirmation bias of a narrative that, mm -hmm. that uh, is perpetuating gives you, you and gives you meaning, but it's perpetuating mm -hmm. the sense of self in mm -hmm. a society. This, when I start insulting you, I start saying you're racist. You're this, mm -hmm. you're a freaking I can't think of other stuff. But yeah. I start giving you, I start saying, you're a moron. You should be this. Cancel him. Fire him from every job he's got. I just grabbed the lap. I just grabbed the shovel. And I just started digging. And I kept digging. And I kept digging. And I kept digging. And I just kept hating, hating you. And I kept having these emotions towards you. And I kept limiting my perspective on you based on the singular action that you've done. And maybe mm -hmm. I'm going to look for other actions that you've done throughout your life that mm -hmm. confirm that bias. There's a point where I dig that hole so deep, I don't even know what I'm yelling at anymore. And so there's no, so like, what have I done? I've accomplished nothing. I'm yelling at nothing. I don't know what I'm yelling at. And yeah. the, the you are, are at the same time, you don't know what's being told to you because you don't even want to listen because I, it's, when have you ever been, whenever you made a mistake, someone said, you fucking idiot, what are you doing? And you went, Oh, I see. That's, that's on me. No one's ever <laughs> yeah, done that. You usually, yeah, go, yeah. usually what ends up happening, it'll be the other way around too. If I yeah. start insulting, you start digging the hole and you start getting yeah. deeper and deeper because I, and, and you, I don't even know what I'm, I'm, I'm seeing anymore because you are so driven into your side. That's what happens all the yeah. time. You see it with racism yeah. so much. I mean, kids yeah, will I make know. a mistake and then they, and they, and then they'll just drive themselves into that same spot rather than being mm -hmm. like, Oh, I messed up. But to be able to yeah. get to that, it's Oh, because, I messed up. It's having yeah. to climb the ladder and talk uh -huh. to them and being able to take the back and forth yes. and dissociate yeah. or dis lose the identity of your emotions and, yeah. and accept that there will be repercussions that will be beneficial in the end. You won't lose your job. You won't be canceled from the internet. You're just going to no. realize that saying that specific word or that specific expression just isn't the thing you should say anymore. And, and it also probably doesn't even apply to most situations. Like I'm not looking out for most of my life to gun for specific, like met like a verbally um, trying to trash talk specific people of specific races. Like, I don't give a yeah. shit. And I, don't, yeah. I think most people don't live, even, even people in the KKK are usually just saying white people are awesome. They're not actually, yeah. I mean, there's a point. Yes, there's a lot of it. That there's looking for expressions of that thing being true. Most of the time, it's a self, it's just self-love. It's constantly loving. Self. And this is this whole love thing. It goes back to the idea that it transcends something that, that is inexplicable in just words. Because when you mm -hmm. express it, you know exactly what it's, what it's doing and why it's happening. And when, mm -hmm. once it's established, because like this big thing, I had, I had a good conversation with Kofi about it, was like establishing the ground rules that are <clears throat> for this discussion. For example, if, if, I, if it was you to me and I said the N-word and you went after me and just kept mm -hmm. yelling at me, I'm just going to go back to my white friends and just say, this yeah. guy sucks. 
If you yeah. say, hold on a minute, that didn't make up, like that was fucked up. What did you just say? That was not, I don't think you should say that. And then say, why, like, where did that come from, man? Like, are you mad? Did I, did I do something? Like, it's obviously there's so mm -hmm. many different ways to do it and you have to be able to yeah. kind of mold the yeah. circumstance mm -hmm. and it's hard. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not saying this is easy and we I say it, like, it's so hard, but it's way more worth it. It's way more uh, unifying. So I've been saying this for like nonstop. On yeah. Dude, that's months. why I did the podcast um, now. I'm trying to impose I, yeah. this reality that's hard, but it's yeah. worth it. But that's just understanding, that's just understanding humanness, like understanding mm -hmm. that us as human, we respond to warmth. As soon as you, as soon as you attack someone, they go into some sort of fight or flight. They either want to fight you on it or they're, they're not going to open to your, they're not going to be open to your criticism. Yeah. They're and, like, oh, that's true. No. <laughs> exactly. 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 And to me, that's why I like, and, and like you said, it's hard. I think it's the hardest thing, especially when. They're, like you said, like for a lot of people, the, that emotional, that emotional, um, I guess, like the, the amount of um, emotional, um, word, like wood to be lit on fire is yeah. so like long outstretched. Like it's huge. It's like, so grand. It's, a, it's, it's so grand. It's really super hard for certain people. But what totally. I don't like is that we're not being taught and we're not, not being taught the importance of trying to work against it. We're yeah. actively being taught to, to add more wood to the fire, mm -hmm. add more wood, add more wood. And it's Lower like, that do you want to blow up? Do you exactly. want to blow up? Do you yeah. want to blow up? Like, no, and that's the reality. No. And, and the, the thing is to me is like, that wood is also not um, the most effective at in any means of achieving what we all want it isn't like when you attack someone it just creates more distance and to me like i've always said this and and this like has not been received well a lot of times by yeah, uh, my black peers because a lot of it is because they feel like oh um oh like you like white people have always been the ones who are being thought of like th at this time like people need to think about us and like, I get, I get the ang anger, I get the frustration, but like, I always think like, imagine being a white person in, in this like very um, intense racial climate. Like I would be terrified, petrified. <laughs> what to say, how to interact, what, to, like, it would just be so hard because yeah. at one point, like, you don't want to be, you don't want to come off as too strong because then then like you look, then you look like all these labels. There's so much you can yeah. fall into. But then like you want to learn too, but then yeah. you don't want to act like you're not woke. Yeah. There's pressure that everyone <laughs> feels to be woke. Like you, there's a big part of it too. Like I, I obviously, I actually want to start going to a uh, CACSAC meetings again. I, w I went to the first one freshman year and I was like, awesome. this is sick. And then I, I, I would have a bunch of um, commitments and stuff. And then I, I, I like wasn't, I didn't find myself able to commit to it but i think oh, now in this oh. era i think what woke me up to this realization was like let me listen let me actually do what we're yeah. talking about right now i'm yeah. gonna i'm gonna you know be part of the the biting and the bark i'm gonna talk yeah. about trying yeah. to learn and i'm gonna actually That's learn huge. and then i'm gonna mm -hmm. be able to implement what i learned yeah. to do yeah. to do more um uh -huh. and uh, I, it was, go ahead I couldn't agree more. And for me, like, 
what's huge in in doing like you said both the biting and the barking being just being a contributor an active contributor in this yeah. in this conversation is being willing to accept when you're wrong like i have learned so much in the past two years um there's also certain things that i feel like i have held on to and and gone back to and realized that no you were actually right about this intuition you have yeah. um but to me like one one and some of the best moments for me have been when i've realized oh no like you you didn't account for this impact mm -hmm. um which which is powerful but yeah. to me like once again it all it all it all ties back centers back to and, and this this to me is how i've sort of grown to understand us as humans it all stems back to ego and identification with your mind and your thoughts mm -hmm and um this ability to reconnect with that loving connection yeah. that unites us all yeah to yeah. me finding that balance finding that balance because to me it's 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 your ego that wants to to say oh no it's the white people that's making me feel bad yeah oh no it's it's this is making me feel bad it's this it's this no the reality is it's it's you no, no no this is you. it's it you. you it's you it's literally you yeah it's you it's you it's you it's you and to me it's your identification with your mind, with yourself. Mm -hmm. Once you understand that you're, you're just a mic, it's beautiful. Un for me, like the, the realization that I am a microscopic uh, being in such a vast, beautiful network yeah. is so relieving because you stop putting pressure on stuff that you yeah. do. You, when realizing that you don't matter is... <laughs> powerful it's realizing that yeah you, that, yeah that not that you don't matter but no yeah yeah that yeah stuff doesn't matter it's easy to like matter. say it like that like when i say it's you being the problem i'm not saying it's you are physically the problem it is your interpretation of that problem and mm -hmm. it is also the it is also the manifestation of your thoughts being exactly. and and also the outweighing of yourself yeah. to the rest of society when yeah. you realize and i've had little like moments where i just go like Dude, everything's interconnected and I'm just one little small piece of that entire thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm just a cog in the machine of, of, of reality and time. Like I'm just going on with it. I'm not hurting it and I don't want to hurt it. And, and, yeah. being, and being able to just see yourself outside of yourself is kind of the yeah. biggest one. We're saying these yeah. like simply, but it's, it comes from a place that is, that is incredibly important for people to be able to uh -huh. create a growth because you're not uh -huh. sticking to anything. You're pure. You're just a ball uh -huh. of goo going, rolling down a uh -huh. hill and that's it. And then you're uh -huh. not, you're not holding on and then you get stuck back up there. You just, you just take it and you keep going. Um, and, and this, yeah. this goes into like the, the meaning of, of life, of having a, having a, a, per, a perception of yourself, your, mm -hmm. your, your, uh, and your experience and your, um, and your society and having in a way that it all relates to like your, that relationship and something that, um, in our, in this age, in our age now in the twenties mm -hmm. is finding that meaning. And mm -hmm. when our society has found the easiest way, which was, all right, let's take everything that you're just born with and use that to make your experience. That's easy. Absolutely. It's so easy. And, Obviously, I've, I'm incredibly blessed and, and um, privileged to have like my experience dissociated um, from 
a lot of, I mean, I, I mean, I still like consider, I mean, I am uh, half, half Latino. And mm-hmm. I think that like, you would not expect that from me. You would not, yeah. I, if I told you, I walk up to you one day and I was like, Hey, my first language is Spanish and my mom's from Argentina. You just go, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> like there's, and the, but it doesn't matter. It does not matter. Yeah. You still, yeah. I'm still going to crack the same jokes. I'm still going to keep telling you my thoughts the same way I would yeah. want you to know those thoughts. And when we have these, these circumstances, and like you were talking about with, um, with these certain groups, there's a fear of speaking. And that when you have, when you were in this, this very vulnerable part of our life between kind of like 16 and 25, you're 15, I guess, and 25, you, you're figuring out the, like what the world is, what the world's like, Mm -hmm. what people are like and, and how to express yourself in that scenario. And when, and when you're just constantly hearing the same kinds of things and you're kind of um, limiting yourself to, and being limited, because I mean, there's, there's kind of going back to that fear thing. There is an element of like, all right, they're going to just tell you to shut up. But also if you say something and you have the confidence to articulate in the way you'd like to, the fear doesn't matter. You, you, at the end of the day, if, if you can establish what your ground level is, the goal of, of your, what you're about to say is, and then you give that mm-hmm. speech, there's, there's so much room for interpretation yeah, that is, that I, is I ideally that. positive. I agree with that. And I think that's a very important um, point. And I feel like for, especially for the black community, like that's, that's something that they've like harped on to me and just in general, like, it's not like if if you, for example, if if you're, if you're someone who, who does identify that this is a, a a very heated, potentially heated uh, question or conversation or debate, if you preface with, Hey, like, I know, like, I'm, I'm telling you, like, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to understand um, the dynamics of this more. Um, can you please help me? Mm-hmm. I, I, I find it really hard that someone is just going to be like, you fucking idiot. I can't <laughs> ask that. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. so it, go, it goes both ways. But I mean, I think that's just, like I said, I think it just goes, if you act with love, if you act with love, the chances of you being received with consideration and love are exponentially higher. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And actually, goes, oh, go ahead, go ahead. It just goes, it just goes to that. And to me, it's like, don't think you're too great, too big, too important. That you're, <laughs> that you, what, what you think about, what, what, what the, the, what you suffer is so vast that you can't act with love. Mm-hmm. Never ever think that because that is a, a poison in life. It's a, it's a wasteful energy to give on. I mean, it's like this mm-hmm. whole, when you were talking about <clears throat> the reframing of, you know, and in the beginning about the reframing mm-hmm. of your <clears throat> emotions and percep- <clears throat> and perspective of uh, certain circumstances and how those circumstances play with your, or uh, affect your emotions. When you can, Im- <sighs> when you can impose uh-huh. a, a, like emotionless almost, you know, mm-hmm. viewpoint that is, that is um, kind of open-ended and, and you go mm-hmm. like, like what you just said, I don't know, explain it to me. And I actually wanted to ask you also about something in mm-hmm. a sec, but um, it's this, it's when you, 
basically have to deconstruct your human self into just the, the kind of the general, oh, I can take in information. I can also take information and then also feel that information and then get bothered by that information or make it laugh or make it make me love mm -hmm. it or make me whatever. Mm -hmm. When you can just take the information that you have, you mm -hmm. use that as the building blocks for more of what, or not the continuing of those building blocks as, as your um, understanding of experience and, and a conscious experience, there's no, there's almost no room for, for a, for a lack of motion. There has to be progress when you, when yeah. you can, when you can break down the barriers of worry mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and new, and I mean, not, not, I don't want to like say nuance, but when you can break, when I say nuance, I say as in, all right, this is what I want to learn. Yeah. Now it'll take me there. That's when you yeah. establish that lack of nuance, then the yeah. rest of the nuanced experience itself is actually realized and, and learned. But um, yeah. one, so I, I wanted to ask you about with um, the going back to your practice of Islam and how the, <clears throat> For example, I did not know that surah, right? The surah mm -hmm. of um, of you have your religion, I have mine. I did not know. Yeah. I mean, I obviously have not read, I've not read mm -hmm. the Quran or um, the other two scriptures as well. As well, but I've, I've, yeah, I, I know. Obviously, like as I've been reading a lot more about them, I've been learning a lot of interesting perspectives about Islam. Mm -hmm. But something that, <clears throat> um, like how. It's hard to like ask this question, but it's like, how did, how did that, that Sora, for example, in radical mm -hmm. Islam, just become an Islamism even because Islamism is the almost purely, not purely, but the closest thing to a literal translation of the Quran into the mm -hmm. law, into the government society. And how did yeah. something like that? I mean, in Sharia law, there is, I think if you're a Christian, you have your, you have like a third indemnities. Um, and you're basically three times more condemned than if you're an Islam, uh, you're a Muslim or Muslim. So there's, there's mm -hmm. things like that where it's like, how, what about this part? What about this part of the Quran? Like what, what yeah. who missed it? So, so to me, like, like you said, we are unbelievable vessels of rationalization. Mm. So if you are reading, um, with, intent of propagating um this image of yourself your ego which i believe countries some, some countries like um saudi arabia i don't know if i should be saying that <laughs> but uh yeah, yeah. countries like before we actually before we keep going there's there's a big i i, that, I remember telling you about this book the parasitic mind there's something mm -hmm. about like talking about islam and and in this in this uh, documentary also islam and mm -hmm. the future of tolerance we have like to start, we are talking about this and as a, as a almost as objective as possible perspective, we're exactly. trying to find, we're trying to find and disseminate information mm -hmm. from our experiences to wrap, mm -hmm. to understand why yeah. these circumstances are, they are. So we're not here wow. to hate on Islam. I mean, you're a practicing well, uh, Muslim. I'm not here yeah. to freaking, I'm not, that's yeah. not what I'm here for. <laughs> that's, that's not stupid. your interest. It's not your no, interest. Exactly. exactly. So we're trying to uh, learn here. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, but yeah, so countries like Saudi Arabia, uh, countries that that practice actively Sharia law, 
I believe a lot of them, a lot of them have ulterior motives. For example, in Saudi Arabia, it is known that throughout the government, Islam, uh, Sharia law, um, advertisements, there's all of these methods to propagate this notion that the royal family is the most amazing, loving, philanthropic, beautiful uh, collection of people because they, more than anything, want to keep their monarchy. They want to keep their rule. They, they're all monarchy, the UAE, Saudi Arabia, all of these countries are, are um, I mean, they feed billions of dollars to their to their 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 sons and uncles and family members and you would be surprised at how extensive the Saudi royal family is and the Saudi Aramco is the biggest publicly listed company in the world Jeez. with trillions of dollars and this is just what they tell us they make yeah so <clears throat> so there's so much that goes in it that is just beyond Islam Islam is just the vessel through which they are expressing their ego that's mm-hmm. the way I look at it. It has yeah. nothing to do with Islam. It's not about it's, Islam, yeah. It's, no, it's just rationalization. Yeah, it's like a totalitarian application of anything, but specifically in this circumstance, exactly. it happens to be Islam. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of like my sentiments. I don't know how you feel about this. When people talk about like capitalism and socialism, I'm like, look, it's not capitalism or socialism that's the problem. It's people identifying with their egos and allowing their egos to overrun them. No, that's it's the it's exactly that. That's a, like a there's the idea of like a system. It's the game, the game of of whatever of life in this situation yeah. in in capitalism on a narrow focus on religion, whatever yeah. it is. It's a game, and yeah. I don't I don't like to like treat it like a game, but in the sense you it's like a video game. You have levels. It gets harder and harder, and you have to get more and more understanding and into and intelligent to be able to express that and apply that and something that something that um i've been i've been uh hearing about and reading a lot more about is the it's this like greed slash pride full yeah pride filled um existing existing perspective of leaders and and very powerful people in all forms of government and 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 religion and other other forms of power that it's not about the system itself there are a lot of systems that are flawed for example if you go to the far left you got communism that didn't work you go to the far right you have fascism that didn't work we found we found something more in the middle which was capitalism now i actually don't know the the, the whole financial economic slash like political situation of our our, our uh, circumstance in the united states but it seems yeah. like the best middle one but mm-hmm. the problem is the people within it and the perpetuating yeah. of a stereotype but also yeah. of a of a circumstance that is incredibly flawed so like mm-hmm. i'm not <clears throat> when i when I ever discuss these kinds of things, like I don't want, I'm not a socialist person. I'm not yeah. a social Democrat either. I, I'm, mm-hmm. I don't, I also don't actually don't know where I fall on the scale of left versus right or centrist. I don't know where. Me neither. I, I don't, I just don't, I'm I not have, understanding enough of, of the circumstance. I mean, I, I know what's going on, but I don't know as in, I have to do more research, I think. Yeah. And, me too. But I think 
from what I've seen and leading up to this point, you give, you put the, the, the correct minded people, the mindful people, humanistic, holistic, and, and not greed infested people into positions, into these positions where mm-hmm. they can make significant change. That change mm-hmm. is going to be significant. They're going to want to make change because it's good for us. It's good for mm-hmm. them and us. And it kind of yeah. all works together when it becomes yeah. just about, just about um, maintaining positions of power, maintaining mm-hmm. a specific system or, or trying to say that you're doing that. Those two are very flawed because you're just arguing something. And then you're also just trying to do that, that thing that they're arguing. So there's no, there's just this nonsense in the middle when you're saying, hold on a minute, what is, for example, current situation, what is closing down restaurants doing for you? Not that much for, for, a, gov- mm-hmm. for a governor, for a state legis- any state legislature no. or a city legislature. Like actually on an individual level, it's probably no. not helping you either. And so mm-hmm. why... And, th- and obviously there's a lot of that goes into it. There's a hundred million variables that go into the decisions uh-huh. being made in government. But the yeah. big one is like, wh- who is telling you to do this? And obviously there's a top down <laughs> issue there. There's a lot of people that are, yeah. that are imposing that. And so yeah. it's that, it's that greed and, but also that, that level of influence that plays into, into these circumstances that can then yeah. create these unfortunate yeah, circumstances. It's funny you say that um, because I think we talked about this um, off air as well, but um, the book I'm currently reading um, called, I think it's the religion of no name. And it's, it is speaking of, yes, it is speaking of um, the ancient Greek civilization and the role that psychedelic rituals played in their society. Um, and the fact that there was this, the, basically the Mecca of the ancient, of their world. So the spiritual capital of their world was called Eleusis. And there, um, noblemen, um, uh, people of high class, people of all class, but, but a lot of powerful, um, people in their society would literally prepare for a year for or years, potentially for this psychedelic ritual, this powerful psychedelic ritual oh. that would be led, that would be led by um, these priestesses, always women. Um, and they, and, and they would never, you were never able to speak about what uh, those rituals actually um, entailed. Yeah. Entailed or, or, or had or conceived of, mm-hmm. but um, they would tell you that the people that like the, that the, like a staple of that society was, that Eleusis was at the foundation of their society. And they're actually the fathers of, of, of democracy and the fathers of Western civilization as we know it. So many of the systems we still use are from that time. So many of the oh. great philosophers are of that time, Socrates, Plato. And um, these psychedelic rituals where people would describe um, a lot of it um, uh, experiencing um, just the divine, and uh, becoming more in touch with mm-hmm. this loving oneness that we all speak of um, through actually, um, I guess, accessing this portal through the psychedelic, um, through which they were able to exist in this area of, of love. Um, 
and they said those experiences for example marcus aurelius i don't know if you've ever if you're yeah yeah him, I, read, I read him a bunch. exactly he was an initiate in eleusis uh-huh. and um well he's a big me, stoic like, too like it's interesting that exactly. that stems from a lot of stuff from a lot exactly. i mean no it stems from this what you're describing exactly and this this is a, this is at the inception of western yeah well, of, of, of almost like worlds because there's probably world, exactly yeah world civilizations because like i was saying about this kind of common ground that you can find yeah. in a lot of stuff this is probably the most base level of common ground. yes almost yes. if not the yes yeah and these people like you said would um they through this ritual would be people of peace of love that you talked about mm-hmm. because in this day and age if you're identified with your ego at this point if someone would identify with their ego and I, I for example i know people i know friends at amherst for example who are i still identified completely with their ego i wouldn't trust them in a position of power because power is corrupting power is corrupting i mean yeah. that, that's just the and, and and if you don't have a a strong um sense of self that doesn't sense get changed of, an unchanging exactly. sense of self or for the most part understanding or foundation yeah in 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 your in your loving i guess capacity as a person yeah and, and in your morals for not morals in terms of good or bad but in terms of Just decision making for the world Love, yeah exactly. yeah your priorities exactly then then i i i wouldn't i wouldn't trust most people the vast mm-hmm. majority of people Never mind politicians, a lot of <laughs> who whom are are the worst of the of the yeah. greed and the, um yeah. But it's, it's super interesting. It's super super interesting. Yeah. Hold on a minute. Here we go. All right, we're back. Had a little bathroom break and <clears throat> we're good. So yeah. yeah, you had you had your question. Yeah, like how how could you explain the beauty of a sunset? Why are we so drawn to it? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of variables. Um, that have to be playing into that, <clears throat> into considering that. I think the first one is color, just the, the relationship between our, our brains and color and how we process mm-hmm. color. The, mm-hmm. uh, the fact that there's, there's a lot of different sunsets, for example, in the city versus being out in the country in, in um, the Midwest mm-hmm. or something. Then there's also being on the coasts. There's a lot mm-hmm. of the ocean sunsets are a lot different. And mm-hmm. I think <clears throat> the uh, creation, creation or i guess not the i don't know what the word creation would be but the manipulation of light from the sun and earth and the atmosphere creating a different color than you usually see during the day the sky is usually blue it changes Mm -hmm. colors as the sun is setting and then also there's the like motion aspect of it it's seeing Mm -hmm. a ball drop in the sky that's fucking mm-hmm. crazy. That is so mm-hmm. outside of like anything we've seen, anything that you experience day to day, the mm-hmm. consistent thing that will can always happen is the sun is mm-hmm. setting. And yet on a lot of days, you can just sit on a chair and just watch it drop. And it is such mm-hmm. a calming. And, and like you were saying about trying to, before we jump back on was the, the uh, how you, how you give your uh, use of, of, um, of religion is kind of giving answers to questions that aren't, aren't answerable. And that's like the metaphysical is a big one. And mm-hmm. that is something mm-hmm. like this. And mm-hmm. I think, I don't know actually, but I think yeah. it's something to consider for me as being as more of an agnostic person. So I don't really associate it with a, a sect of, of belief. I see it more as like 
one of the f- many phenomenons that natural phenomenons that mm-hmm. um, that allow for an appreciation of existence in that in those in those little moments. You know, mm-hmm. for when we see a shooting star, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. When um, you see a specifically shaped cloud. There's a lot of that mm-hmm. for some reason that that's a really cool thing to us. There's um, there's also interpersonal situations where, um, you know, something fits perfectly. You either slide through a door perfectly, you, you drive your car into the perfect lane and it just, it just works because it, it mm-hmm. I don't know, there's things like that. Sure. Yeah. They're seeing, um, the rising tide, the rising and the lowering of a tide. There's things, mm-hmm. there's things that just, we, watching a time lapse of a plant grow, things like that that are that are purely natural, and there's nothing that we did to to create that circumstance and to do mm-hmm. anything to manipulate it. We just sit there and be for that for those yeah. couple moments. All you do is sit there and just watch it happen, and that's something that is incredibly um, like playing to me now that I'm thinking about it more and more plays to the argument of like, eh, just believe in God. Why don't you? Cause, yeah. it's, <laughs> Cause it's like he, somebody, something is, and that's what I, why I go back to that whole like space time relationship mm-hmm. and, and also, um, uh, you know, the, the creation of reality, but not being, um, not having an agenda in a sense. Mm-hmm. This is one of those things that it's mm-hmm. like, this is sick, but, there's no yeah. point. There's no actual point to the setting of the sun being as beautiful as it is. Yes, yes. It just is, yes. and we watch uh-huh. it. What do you exactly. think on that? No, I. So you basically described all the reasons why I acknowledge um, a unify, just a, a force that's beyond us. Mm-hmm. Um, a beautiful force. Um, and I, I've always said God uh, resides in me, um, not in me, God resides for me in, in the things that we can't describe. Like, for example, that's why I said, that's why I asked you, so it prompted the question, um, yeah. like, why is the sunset so beautiful? Because to me, like, I understand the color aspect and I understand the ball dropping being so beautiful. But I mean, like, I could, for example, like, put a collection of colors and jaw drop and, and yeah, ball yeah. drop. Like you can make that, but there's something to me mystical that is beautiful, gorgeous about mm. certain things. For example, the sound of the ocean, for example, yeah. you know, like just certain things. And I understand like, yeah, it's because the, the waves crashing sounds like, but, but why? Like, but what? there's no, yeah, I know the, the, the why I think is, yeah. is addressing something that, that I was saying with like, there's nothing we are in control of in that moment that creates Zero. that moment. All you do is yeah. sit. You don't even have to be sitting. You can run away yeah. from it. The sun will still yeah. set and it would still look yeah. the way it will. And, and I think that's wh- the whole thing. And why is it so calming? Like why yeah. is it so soothing? <laughs> I have you no know? idea. I mean, I think of it's- like a lot of our, a lot of the natural phenomenons. You go on YouTube and you just look up stuff. Like you look at a, a, a tidal wave hitting mm-hmm. that that serenity of how it just it just continues it's a it's a it's basically a wavelength but just mm-hmm. turn into water and it continues mm-hmm. to cr- and it and it eats itself and then it falls right mm-hmm. back down to where it used to be mm-hmm. or seeing a um a a volcano erupt that's not like mm-hmm. these these things are purely outside of our control the passage yeah. of time 
pure, just yeah. on, on the most base level. The passage uh-huh. of time requires there to be entropy. That means that uh-huh. things need to change as time passes. Mm-hmm. One of these mm-hmm. things, the sun setting, another one, mm-hmm. water flowing. Mm-hmm. I think the calmness of it is something that is, comes from millions of years ago. When, mm-hmm. when, when I think when we developed the cortex um, in brain, in our, in our, in the human brain, I think that was definitely a huge part mm-hmm. of it. Now that's also an evolution thing. So there's, it mm-hmm. wasn't like, Oh, I can think now. It was not that yeah. it was, it was kind of, it was a process of development and, uh-huh. and growth that, that mm-hmm. came over millions of years. Mm-hmm. But I think it had to have been, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking there are animals that exist I can't say this with like pure as pure fact, but there are, I feel like I know that there are animals that will watch like a sunset or something. You'll see those, those kind of, I, I feel like I've seen something about that where there's like, wow. a, there's certain animals where they just, you'll catch them in a moment where they are just looking at the beyond. They're just, they're just staring off into space. They're staring off at a sunset and there's, it's, it's, it's clearly something that is, that is, in a relationship with like understanding metaphysics but, and then also mm-hmm. spirituality, religion, and then it mm-hmm, all connects mm-hmm. to like the meaning of life because yeah. what like the sun could set the, on the other side of the earth and no one, mm-hmm. it would have an effect, but we wouldn't even notice the difference because our life would have been molded all around that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think being able to take advantage of a, 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 a time a time period where you can mm-hmm. just, you can just appreciate something and you say, mm-hmm. I, there's nothing I could do to change the scenario. The only thing mm-hmm. I could do is enjoy it or hate it Surrender. or whatever. So it's, it's that to mental me, experience. So what you're describing is being forced to surrender to the present. In a sense, in a sense, I just yeah. don't like the forcing part of it. You know, I always, by for- I, yeah, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. It's thrown into reason- it. But the reason I say forced is, is, is just to articulate, for example, the exact sensation that you said where you have no control mm. over, yeah. over you. It is, this is the present moment. You get what I'm saying? Yes, yes. Um, it's, it's a psychedelic and- experience is what it is. Because when it, there's this like psychedelic states are achievable in certain uh-huh. moments in life outside uh-huh. of, of taking a substance and one uh-huh. of them is meditating and that is being in the most present of moments yeah that is uh-huh. knowing everything uh-huh. that's going on with you and ev- knowing that nothing needs to be going on except what mm-hmm. your brain chooses to think and this mm-hmm. goes to that 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 surrender the surrender mm-hmm. you're, you're letting your guard down you're letting yes. the ego just yes. just be like hey stop it's not yes. worth it and, yes. and surrendering yes. and i and that's i agree with the forcing thing i just i always think of like what if someone i'm try- who entirely disagrees with me i have to explain it to i wouldn't want to tell them forcing they but force. on this on this conversation they're, they're it getting, makes total to, sense I, I agree with you to me you're you're identify like forcing it's you're sending a language trap where people yeah. might get caught yeah, up on the language yeah, yeah. And, and, exactly. and throw away the meaning of what you're saying. Exactly. There's um, got to be more what, to it. Definitely. But what we talked about, like, and what I found as I've become more spiritually inclined and just in touch with my spirituality, you start appreciating nature so much more. It's yeah. unbelievable. It's unbel- and, and you realize, like, and that's because, like, our mind is constantly, we're engineered. Our mind's constantly thinking of problems, constantly mm-hmm. thinking of problems. But when you're able to, 
Yes. But like for me, what was so huge was like going to the beach, honestly, and looking at birds. It was birds and trees to me just have a special place in my heart. Like Mm. I would look at a bird and I'd be like, how is that so beautifully gliding Mm. and just can just stop in midair and then land on the most tiny piece (laughs) of like wire. Yeah. Just balancing on this tiny Mm -hmm. piece of wire. And it's like, oh, people are like, oh yeah, that's a bird. Like, oh, people act of like of course, normal. it's a bird. That's yeah, not like it's normal. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, not. Just, yeah. No. Yeah. Um, that, that that is absurd, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. The energy, the to me, well, I love it. I I love watching it because it it, it takes me out of my mind immediately mm-hmm. because I'm so caught up in the beauty of it that interesting. I I can't be thinking. I can't be thinking. You know. Yeah, and I was thinking about I there's um this these lessons in this the app i've mentioned before in the podcast and i i don't know if i've waking up the app i use for meditating so it Mm -hmm. it uh divides the whole app into two parts it's the practice of it and there's there's the introductory course and then there's like different practices within it so there's like meta which is loving kindness and stoicism Mm -hmm. and and there's like a, a effective um virtually i can't remember there's multiple ones and there's even ones for kids actually and then there's the lesson or there's the theory side and there's these little Mm -hmm. lessons that are about three Mm -hmm. minutes to 15 minutes even 30 minutes long they discuss certain topics and there's also Mm -hmm. another part of it is in the theory side is conversations he has um sam harris and he he uh he discuss he'll discuss different different uh topics more in depth with and and their experience and the guests experiences with those um with those ideas but in these lessons there's actually uh one of them that is it just says what is consciousness and it's a five minute little thing um and they talk about this exact thing that you're mentioning and something i was considering was like the 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 idea of a of uh, what it would be like to be a, a bird. And the people, a lot of people will just say, oh, it's just a bird. It's doing what it's be- like supposed to be doing. And they know how to do it because it's all ingrained in their existence. But when you, when you can do what you just did, which is stepping out of yourself mm-hmm. and then becoming, and, and, and I, I consider, I guess I'm just now considering it like a, the third eye. And that is, mm-hmm. you're not you, but you're not the bird either. You're just this conscious, mm-hmm. you're just space, which is consciousness. You are just this space of awareness that can see and experience things mm-hmm. outside of you and within you mm-hmm. in so mm-hmm. many different ways that mm-hmm. allow, allow you to consider the reality of, a, of, mm-hmm. of, the, uh, of the splendid way that a, or the fascinating way that a bird can, can live its physical life without considering the, the the vice versa they would never be like what the mm-hmm. hell is it like to be a human and that yeah. that's something that is that is it's kind of goes back to this this um like sense of of control is that when you release that you release the reins and you let time do time and you let space continue to be space and you let animals you that are to you 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 surrender yourself then you've actually taken control mm-hmm. because now you're in a you're in a space where you're accepting that there are things mm-hmm. going on around you. It's like being in a city and all of a sudden you mm-hmm. just go 
time to go on a walk and that's it. Exactly. And like, you're not mm-hmm. worried about these external mm-hmm. cir- circumstances and you're not considering mm-hmm. like, what is he going to think of my clothes or what is he going to think about my hair? What's he going to, what are they mm-hmm. going to think about this? It's like control what you can control mm-hmm. and then let, and allow yourself to watch things fall into place as they do. And that's, it's mm-hmm. awesome. And, and you talk about, okay, you said, um, and I like that we've like incorporated surrender into this because surrender has been a key word in how I understand in, and incorporate Islam into my life. I look at right. Islam as a way of surrendering as my, I guess, vessel through which I surrender to the love of the universe, the love yeah. of God, the love, however yeah. you want to describe that, it. It'll just, yeah, we'll go with God. Exactly. The love of God. Like that, that is to me what Islam is. It's, it's, it's learning to surrender mm. to the present. Um, and that is like, I think that's a very spiritual way of looking at Islam. Um, More so than religious, I would say. Exactly. That perspective, exactly. like I agree yeah. with you. At that yeah. base level, it's, the, it's allowing, knowing that there are things outside of your control, and, yeah. and accepting that and then giving yourself in and it's not, and you're just kind of continuing your life on that. It's, and I feel like right after the acceptance comes the relishing, the embracing, the loving, the amazement mm. of the fact that things are not in your control. It's beautiful. Mm. It's, it's amazing. It's, it just takes so much weight off of your shoulder yeah. because you stop like, and this is what stoicism to me, like a big part of stoicism that, that a big part of um, what stoicism helped helps people with is understanding that like not just things don't matter and it's a beautiful thing yeah <laughs> like what's like the it, it, go ahead it, it it's a it's a it it to me what it does is it invalidates all of those thoughts those butterflies about the future and the past mm-hmm. that are constantly lamp because if if what you do is so important and it dictates exactly what happened in the future and in the past. All those butterflies you have to consider because yeah, they're a possibility, absolutely. right? Yeah. And so welcome to running yourself into the ground. Welcome to anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to because every single thought you have has so much weight, so much dogma, like energy yes. to it. Yes. And and that to me that is I, I feel honestly very sorry. And that's why I would never judge anyone who 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 operates in that space. Um for doing things that are unloving because I mean, they're, you're, you're, you're operating under a completely different. Yeah. It's almost not your fault. I am. It's almost not exactly. your fault. It it's not your it choice. Your fault. Yeah. It isn't your fault. Um, it's, it's just, uh, I guess an out, a, a, a symptom of, of your current perception of the world. Mm-hmm. It's know? a feature of life, a feature of brainness. <laughs> yeah. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It's fascinating. No, it really is. It really is because, well, like one, one last thing about that is that, and Oh, actually that's what I wanted. The surrender thing. Actually, I, I, I I tread lightly on the word surrendering because Mm -hmm. I, um, for example, I, this is where I am contention with religion and and Mm -hmm. following of it. And also the dogmatic element of it is that Mm -hmm. you rather than, giving yourself the opportunity to find the answers to these metaphysical questions, um, finding them within yourself or finding them via like not basically not subscribing to something and getting the, yes, it's allowing yourself for this exploration. I think that 
is something that is feels like a cop out when mm-hmm. uh, someone is just born into a religion and and then mm-hmm. lets themselves only be driven so, by that religion. So I think that is a very valid valid point, and I find I found for myself um, that I became more appreciative of the world and was able to surrender the present and embrace the present more when I started um, my own spiritual exploration reflection. Mm -hmm. What I also did though was always kept a foot in the, the, the grounding practices that I, that I, that I had learned. Yeah. yeah, That I had learned and grew up with. Um, So I could have both because for a lot of people, what happens is they either reject completely religion, like, no, I can't do all of that. I'm just going to go all the other way or they reject the other side. But in reality, I mean, this is just the reality of life. A lot of times it's, it's a mix in between. There's, there's a balance. There's truth. It is a balance. Exactly. There's, there's truth in both. Um, but I think what you say is very valid. One thing that I've like noted and um, you, I think you, you, you kind of, um, uh, you kind of like suggested a uh, similar, I guess, sentiment towards like, your understanding of religion at its inception mm-hmm. it's essentially writing you're writing a book for an entire population or demographic of people so for a lot of people they might not have one the mental or the mental um time or capacity or freedom even just to think and spend the time that i've had reflecting and traveling and having conversations like mm-hmm. to, to certain people like say if, if if your reality is just you know i need to work provide and and raise children then it is a lot easier for you to have some sort of like more straightforward there's um, a structure there's a base structure that you're given ex- exactly mm-hmm. but for me and that and that's why the biggest biggest thing and the biggest part and to me i see it literally in every single verse in the quran starts with the in the name of god the most merciful the most kind which means to me whatever exploration i need to do whatever um as long as i have love and i i, I keep love as my intention mm-hmm. you're you're and that is a god i believe in i i can't i would not believe i hate i hate i hate the way certain and i don't use hate lightly um but i hate the, the way certain religions and just religion in general as institution mm-hmm has painted God in this, this, this white male image of God, almost as a dictator, you know? Like, yeah. Like, There's like no it, room for nuance in the new no, perspective of, of, of God. No. It's so annoying. And that's but, when it's like, okay, how do you expect people, people who are inherently curious and inherently have some sense, because of their ego, we all have egos, we have some sense, some sense of pride. Mm-hmm. How do you expect us to just like, worship this dictator if you yeah. just paint it like that yeah like, that's how that's how i would see it a lot was this dogmatic view of of god or of any sort of religion and it's just like yeah. no he's right shut up just listen it's like exactly. what about what about like the fact that y- some guy wrote this and i'm a guy too and i'm yeah. willing to ask questions let me ask yeah. my questions yeah no i get you i guess i got you completely yeah um yeah so my experience of religion has been, it's been a journey and I feel like a big part of it now is like, I no longer, I'm no longer interested, I guess, in the labels. Mm. 
That's good though. Cause you're not, yeah. you're not limiting yourself to these like little, little structures. You're just giving no. yourself like, I, I follow yeah. this one, but I still yeah. consider these other ones. That's yeah, like, what I try to do for the most yeah. part. And I I'm just don't like the blind faith of, of, I, of I hear you. I hear that's, you. That's hear just you. one element, you know? Yeah. And for me, like one thing I'm actually super excited to do is I literally, really, 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 really want to partake in a native American, um, uh, spiritual ritual. Yes. Um, Cause I've, I've heard Dude, someone talk seem... about like, yeah, you can enter like, all, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a different realm. Of consciousness. It's a different exactly. realm of consciousness. It's amazing. I would love, I would love to be able to, uh, to be able to, to access these higher states of consciousness that are mm-hmm. available to us that we, and we're just so busy just battling our ego know, most of us, that we're not even like, we haven't even gotten to the good stuff, you know? <laughs> we haven't, we really haven't because once you are settled in yourself, yeah. everything else comes a lot easier. Everything, a you're, you're satisfied easier. in a way that it's, you never, you're just not looking for fulfilled. satisfaction. You're you feel fulfilled. fulfilled without looking for it. It just exactly. is, and it's mm-hmm. fine. And there's no con like the the idea. This uh, what Sam Harris does a good job of is like the imposition of consciousness is yeah. what you make of it. There's that. There's yeah. the first part of it is consciousness is period. It just yeah. is. You are consciousness. Yeah. Now, in when yeah. you kind of feel like you're losing control or feel like you're in control entirely, there yeah. is what you make of it, and it's how you how you manipulate that circumstance to you know experience life better but that yeah being able to access like that yeah that altered other dimension yeah man i mean it's so it's so ethereal it's amazing and it the way it's it's described and everything and yeah and i can't i can't believe people were doing this thousands of years ago and and we've regret we've regressed to a point where Absolutely. We just have 99% of people just have no idea of even the possibility. Not even that. You know? They don't even have the, con- let's take it to a base level. A lot of people don't even have the concept of mindfulness in it. That's yeah. like the easiest version, I guess, of is finding yeah. mindfulness. And that's very hard for, I'd say like 96% of this, this world. <laughs> I'd say less because there's actually a lot of like the Buddhist countries good amount of Muslim countries who, who practice yeah. it in a, in the 21st century Sufism. world. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's something, but, yeah, there's something about the, the native, well, there's something about an, a retreat for me also that really intrigues me. So going to like yeah. Burma and listening yes. to some, a, a Buddhist Lama Tibet. or a teacher, yes. a Tibetan Lama yeah. man, and just listening yeah. to them and learning and so, reaching. Uh-huh. A big part of this gap year for me has been exactly that. And one of my realizations has been um, after I graduate, because I mean, coming into this year, I thought I wanted to go into finance. I knew that it wasn't the most fulfilling path. Like that's, I mean, any, anyone could tell you that. Um, but I think I felt, I felt like, oh, since I'm capable. And also I felt definitely some sort of like familial pressure to carry on um, the family business. I felt like um, that was like my, and in school, that's generally what I enjoyed the most because in high school, I didn't really have philosophy courses. Uh, I'm going to take a lot of philosophy when I get back to school. Yeah. Keep awesome. going. I'm yeah. Super, I, when I came into Amherst, I wanted to be a philosophy major. and I've yeah. still, Oh yeah, you told me that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
at this point, I've still taken the most philosophy courses, even though I took zero last year. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that's crazy. Yeah, but for me, like I found that um, after I graduate, I want to take a year off and I want to travel and see the parts of the world that there's so many parts of the world that I still haven't seen. And I talked to my brother about this and like one, like I recognize like the blessing in being able to see what I've seen because I mean, like relative to the rest of the world, I think I'm, I'm very grateful and blessed to have seen like, and I think I've seen a lot, but having seen this, it's kind of like when people say like um, with intelligence, like when someone is like, okay, there's this master class on it but when when okay when you're when you reach a certain point where you know where all you know is how little you actually know that's mm. how i feel yes i feel like i've traveled to a point where i know how much more i have to see mm-hmm. and to me that is that is crucial before i i decide things like where i want to start my career path uh, where i want to start to live how you want to start it too how exactly I want to know where I'm at mentally, spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a big, a big um, idea that I think is just carrying a lot of like energy that I'm really attracted towards right now yeah. is like you said, a spiritual retreat. Um, India I'm looking at. Um, India. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. Amazing. Um, just, I mean, I think the Eastern traditions yeah. are extremely fasc- fascinating. Um, and I, I, I really do want to, especially because they, they incorporate the idea of, altered states of consciousness mm-hmm. which i think is well it's, really, it's really like cool. mindfulness spirituality and then the altered consciousness into like this yeah amazing six month or however long it yeah. could be a month it could be a year it could be multiple yeah. years however yeah. you want it however long yeah. you want it to be but i'm, I'm actually really excited for that experience. Mm-hmm. Really I th- that's something i've been considering so i started getting into meditation this fall uh yeah. about about uh, two months ago and yeah. i've been learning a ton it is insane the world that there is about about mindfulness and, and yeah. spirituality and the the amount of religious um implementation of it and the basis of that yeah. um and one thing was that they like i'll hear a lot and they'll they'll talk about in these conversations is their their people's experiences in retreats and there's actually retreats you can do in the United States as well. There's one in California and one in Massachusetts. Yeah, and, um, yeah, and those, and those, even those, I mean, let's say your life is incredibly condensed. Maybe you can't afford to travel, take a bus ride or, you know, yeah. take a short plane ride or, or yeah. rent a car. I mean, obviously these are, there's, there's something about like what you were saying about how you, and I, I, I feel just the same as in how, how privileged I feel and grateful I am to have seen as much as I've seen to know mm-hmm. how little I know. And yeah. that is, that is that it's the same thing about the, this surrendering and this, this ability yeah. to acknowledge the reality of your circumstance, which is you're one mm-hmm. person on a planet of 8 billion people like chill. Okay. And that's, no, that's obviously the, the, the simplification of that circumstance. Yeah. It's something like where you have an incredibly powerful spiritual experience and, mm-hmm. and a, and an otherworldly circumstance. Mm-hmm. Um, that, is something I, I was I've come to appreciate over these last couple months, and mm-hmm. I've definitely over like when I'm back on the ranch in in a month or so, I uh, awesome. 
yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to go back. But, yeah. uh, when I get back there, I mean, I'm going to have an incredible amount of free time when I'm off, when I'm not working. And it's really going to be about reading uh, more about Buddhism, Tibetan Buddhism, and obviously, and also Hinduism, and also get more into Islam now. Because, I, I mean, I've been getting into it, and I, I think I, like, it's hard. I don't want to just overcommit on each one, because there's mm. so much literature. On it's so vast, yeah. So yeah. vast. But I think trying to implement that into a, an American society is incredibly hard. And we've actually, yeah. my mom was telling me this and, and I've like seen it more so that there's a, actually a trend now with a lot of uh, people who will, who in their between like 25 and 35, who will actually either take time off from work or something and take a retreat, go travel somewhere in another part of the world wow. yeah, and take these retreats and then basically come back with like this. And I, I mean, I think, I think it's probably like a sabbatical type thing, maybe a whole year. Mm-hmm. You go mm-hmm. six months and you take six months of decompression and, 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 and reappreciation mm-hmm. and stuff. And that's something that I really, really want to do at some point in my life because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I don't really care how rich I am. As long as mm-hmm. I'm, I, as long as I can survive, I think I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But if, 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 as long as I can do kind of the things that, that, uh, that leave you with a sense of, of, of uh, physical security. fulfillment. Yeah. And, okay. and a bit of security and yeah, financial security as well. But also yeah. I've, I think, but like having that and then using that to then uh, give myself room to, have the best experience and grow and continue Mm. to do so in, in the most effective way and, and be like, I mean, what is wrong with learning more? (laughs) What, who has ever said like, just that's, that's bad for you. I think you're knowing too much stuff. (laughs) (laughs) No, we just gotta, gotta continue to mold our existence. And we can never run out of things to learn, which is why a big, and I'm happy that I just have, that it's just like, that I'm feeling a physical response to this. For example, I described like me feeling a physical response to Instagram. Yeah. Um, but like video games, just social media in general, like if you think of the amount of times, time that we've wasted, essentially spent. this is yeah. spent. And, and to me, like if you, in retrospect, we would think like, I would say wasted on Instagram and yeah, other. Yeah, I would and, say, and, I'd uh, agree. And other apps like, like for example, one of my favorite things every morning, like I, I'll, I'll wake up, walk on the beach here. Obviously, if you have the, the luxury of a beach, it's helpful. Mm-hmm. But um, I'll just, um, and play a podcast on um, being conscious. And I, and I found like the most fascinating, I've made some of the most fascinating realizations of my life really in the past couple of days, just walking really? on the beach, listening to this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I had one, extreme ramdas podcast um i had this this one extremely powerful realization about love and you talked you you talked earlier about love and how it's such a at this point i believe there's so many things that are described as love it's now like an umbrella catchphrase yeah um and there is two to me very different types of love there is the addictive love which i don't think is love at all and that is the conditional love and that and he and ramdas talks about um the statement I am in love with you being the conditional love because yeah. you are saying a lot of times that comes with the condition that, okay, you want to love me back. Don't change. And you love me back yeah, yeah. because that's huge. 
and um and and once you once you are um once you i guess experience the 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 fulfillment of of love and affection from that person you become hooked and addicted in your mind you allow your mind to try and possess it because you're scared that you may run out or you're scared oh. that you may not always have access to this so what comes is the jealousy what comes is all the negativity the fear um and it poisons your love it, it poisons the 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 experience because now your your biggest what was your biggest source of of just fulfillment and peace is also your biggest source of fear mm. and so it's just this huge conflict whereas he likes to say i am in love just i'm in love and when you are are fortunate enough to experience someone who brings that that love out of you because we all have that cap that, that capacity to unconditionally love i believe that in my heart of hearts so when someone brings that capacity out of you bring that with you in your allow that to fuel all of your of your of your um i guess experiences in life like mm -hmm. not just with that person but carry that love carry that 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 um unconditional so, love with you yeah it's like an appreciation for whatever it may be because it's not the positives or the negatives exactly. it's just it's what it is it's exactly and it, exactly and it's not conditional that's the biggest thing yeah it's, I unconditionally love you. So if you don't love me, I still like I. I'll still love, love you. I mean, it's not a and it's not it's not a needed love either. No, needing someone that's conditional. That's so conditional, when you say yeah. I am in love with you, a lot of times it's implying I need you, like I want you. I, but when you unconditionally love someone, it's like it's like it's like the love of of a mother, really. To me, that's the, yeah. I'm assuming a health, healthy relationship with the mother. Most yeah, um, at, a, at a yeah, general it, love. Like it, it's a love where look, it, it, I'm allowing you, it's a freeing love. I'm allowing you to be free. I, I'm, I'm expressing that you have brought this. I'm yeah. thinking, I'm very thankful in one way that you've brought this, uh, this capacity out of me because we all do have it. Um, and I'm, I'm going to live with that as opposed to make this my biggest sense of, of, of heaven and hell, where mm. literally when I'm with you, it can be cloud nine. But when I'm worrying about you, it can it can be the opposite. It can be the seventh gate of hell. Yeah. And you you go through these addictive cycles where you think it's love, but conditional love to me is the is may, might be the furthest thing from love. It's the because, weakest form of it too, because you conditional asks on an interpersonal level. Yeah. Conditional love says, "All right, I love you right now, so don't yeah. change. And if you do change, yeah. I'm gonna stop loving you." And obviously that's yeah. not explicit, but that's how it, how it comes across. And when it someone, a lot of pressure. yeah. And, and a big thing you'll see is like, and it happens with parents too. When you see your kid growing up, that scares the shit out of you. And I mean, yeah. I've seen it with my siblings too. Like it's scary. You see your relationships yeah. change. But when, yeah. when you have this con unconditional, um, love. And unrelenting love that will, it, it basically goes, here's rather than saying in conditional love, it's like, all right, here's the slim little standard I have for you. Mm -hmm. All right. Be that my mm -hmm. unconditional love says, here's the whole spectrum of existence. Do what you yeah. want. I'm still going to love you. Unless you shoot yeah. me, then I can't love you. But other than that, yeah, I'm going to keep loving you. And that, yeah. and that, that possible, that opportunity is not afforded to a lot of people 
which is why we see a lot of um we see a lot of relationships falling apart and we see a lot of um misunderstandings we see a lot of confrontations that don't end up at all and yeah it's sad because there's uh, i i would say probably a significant amount of people have never even experienced that from their parents you know their parents love has been i love you as long as you are somebody as long as you Mm. get good grades as long as you want to be a doctor as long as you and so to ask and this is one goes back to judging like this is why i just never judgment's so useless and once you give up judgment you start to realize how useless it is mm-hmm. like someone who's who's never experienced unconditional love even from their parents how could you expect one to know to unconditionally love their partner you know um, yeah it's, it's so sad because when you when you conditionally love uh in a relationship you are actually suffocating it it's like if you it's like if you tried oh, to hold yeah. the butterfly I, I gave you that narrow realm. Yeah, there's no exactly. there's no room for growth and there's no possibility no, of being an it's, individual. It's so suffocating. It's so suffocating. Mm, and it, it puts so much pressure because the other person's like, oh my God, like this person loves me. I feel so strong towards them. I can't fuck this up. Yeah. And it perpetuates all of, validates once again, all of those worries, all those thoughts about the future, yeah. all those worries about the past. And it's and honestly, I didn't have that realization until this podcast. And it's it's on. It was very a very wow moment for me. Yeah, no, wow that moment. that like when you were talking about. I mean, more. This is more in like the the wow moments when you talk yeah. about when you were addressing like the perspective of Islam because like I don't have a lot of Muslim friends, but I have yeah. enough to be like this religion is does makes sense. Like there's a reason yeah. I have it. So I'm not yeah. I'm not a blind idiot to that. When you yeah. made me realize that there is, there is a a unified perspective that can be give granted from which is in the in the concentric circles, like the most outer outer ex, external circle, which is probably yeah. also the greatest population of of Muslim uh, practice practitioners, is yeah. the, is those that that have this more unified perspective, like that uh-huh. something like that. That be, if I had conditional love for you, if I yeah. was like, yeah, yeah, just be funny to me. Yeah. Yeah. Only, uh-huh. only tell me what I want to hear. When you told me something that actually stepped, like expanded my perspective on that. I, yeah. without, without the opportunity to give you that space to do so, I would have, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't have been able to learn and I'm incredibly mm-hmm. grateful for it. I mean, there's so many other things too. Like the fact yeah. that I know that your your practice of spirituality has existed since the day you were born. That's crazy yeah. to me. I yeah. had it. I my family is not religious at all. I I, mm-hmm. I um I went to a Catholic school from kindergarten to third grade. After mm-hmm. that, I I didn't. Pr- I went to church for Christmas like once a year, and that was yeah. it. And it wasn't anything that was, I treated it as like a a thing you got to go like an appointment. It wasn't it wasn't something. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a chore. It wasn't something I, I felt like I wanted to get out of. Connected but because I'm, first off, because I'm having these conversations with different people about these kinds of things. I'm reading about this more. I'm talking about this. Mm-hmm. But having this conversation with you has given me another light in that, let's say, if when I have kids, I want to mm-hmm. give them, I don't want to, like, when I say this, I want to give them the spiritual route to be able to take. Yes, I don't, yes. But I also don't want to confine them to one sect of religion. So it's, it's a very yeah, difficult yeah. task, but the stuff yeah, like that, trying to figure it out. 
No, yeah, that's amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. And for me, honestly, like you talked about you seeing religion as a chore. The reality is 99% of kids who had religion influenced onto them um, also saw religion as a chore. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, and that's why a lot of people retaliate and, and react because we're not taught the loving interpretation and, and expression of God. We're taught, oh, if you, like literally in my senior year before going to college, we had, this is just an example. I think this is just the dumbest thing ever. But we had mandatory Islamic class at my high school if you were Muslim. Um, so if you're registered, like your parent would say you're Muslim or not, and then you would have Islamic class. Um, and so during Islamic class, we, um, yeah, I know. <laughs> during Islamic class, what they taught us right before school is all the punishments of hell. <laughs> like, like, how do you, how do you expect me to want to worship? <laughs> yeah. But you're teaching me, oh yeah, I'm going to drink pus. And I'm this is what happens pus. when you do stuff wrong. Um, this is what happens. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's, yeah, give me more rules. Give me more rules. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll oh. follow now. Like, and it's just, to me, it's a classic example, once again, of not understanding that us humans, we respond to love. Not understanding just, I don't know. To me, and, and that is, and that's why I never, ever, 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 ever blame anyone for for being completely as far from religion mm. as possible. Because if I understood religion as some dogmatic, like if my experience of religion was just as some dogmatic, um, egotistical, patriarchal creation, yeah, I would be like, why the hell do I want that either? You know. Yeah, um, not parsimonious, but or sacrimonious. Sacrimonious, yeah. I think, is the one. I'm just looking yeah. it up before I use it. <laughs> sanctimonious. 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 Making a show of being morally superior to other people. Like that, that shit is annoying. When you oh, think you that. have moral high ground because you, yes. do, you do something different, yes. fuck you. Say, but say hello to woke culture as well. Yeah, no, I know, man. Yeah. People are just so like so I'm the most easily. woke. I'm the I'm the most woke. I'm the, and that but to me, once again, that is not because they're white or they're Muslim or they're Christian. It's ego. It's ego, it's ego. It's and ego. it's the hu it's the human tendency, the human want, the human desire yeah. to feel like I am I am, like I'm better. Feel. It's actually if we were to if we were to base this down, yeah. it's when you said like humans respond most to love, humans respond most to an emotional trigger. And when you yeah. can tap into one of these different emotions that, that um, yeah. exist, you will captivate that person in a way yeah. that is so hard to do through, yeah. through, through like rational um, Im implementation. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy that like an a, a incredibly dogmatic um, application of religion somehow keeps people in it. Like, I don't understand because how, how, that, how me, that limiting viewpoint could do it. You, you talked about how uh, the, the importance of feeling. And to me, the two most powerful emotions are love and fear. And love is a lot harder to instill in the people than fear. Yeah. Go, hence why we were taught the punishments of hell. Yeah, that's and, for sure. And, and They're soft, a, lot of, man. a lot of people are just so scared to challenge because they yeah. talk that like I have uh, like and the crazy things that like people will like this is like a I guess a, a say not a saying but 
it's a norm amongst like me and my Arab friends that like our parents will just make up stuff. Like we'll be like, oh, you can't do this. And they'll be like, we'll be like, why? And they're like, oh, because it says in the Quran. And no, yeah. it doesn't. Like, it just doesn't. It's the same like, shit I, as like, because I said so. It's like, yeah. What? No, no, no it, it doesn't. doesn't <laughs> it just Like it talks about like not wearing earrings, for example. So this is a huge thing. Like I'm, I'm someone who I consider myself like, thankfully, I'm very like, secure in my sexuality and so like i'm completely willing to one be affectionate as a man towards other men and i'm also willing to like wear pearls and like paint my fingernail and like mm-hmm. do things like, because i know who i am um so you're willing to spread that the wings of like a narrative outline. exactly exactly yeah, yeah. challenge the societal norms or whatever like honestly yeah. for me i'm i'm not trying to do that i'm just doing I don't, yeah I, I wouldn't see it as challenging i would just see like yeah. you for example a lot of people what they do when they're they're not as secure and i i see it in myself all the time we fit ourselves into just our bodies and and when i say like in a in a, in a metaphorical sense like there is yeah. there's just fitting into what you've got you yeah. and what a lot of people should be doing is yeah. They give themselves like a lot more space to run with and try new yeah. things and, and then express yeah. themselves differently. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. Th- so, so because of that, mm-hmm. um, in my culture, in Arab culture, earrings is like a strict no, no, strict, strict. No-no. Really? Yeah. Um, and I didn't know why. And they always said, Oh, cause it's in the Quran. It says nothing about earrings in the Quran. Did earrings exist when the Quran is written? <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah. I don't even know. But I mean, the in this this once again is uh, another like this is an aspect of religion that I mean has all of its controversy in of itself. Um, but it, apparently, it's because um, earrings they don't want you to um, like it, it, because earrings they say t- it typically are uh, supposed to be worn by women. And yes, that's why. And they don't want like, they want the men to stay in the masculine. And I was like, wait, in your culture, you also rub people, like men rub each other nose to nose. That's how they say hi. Okay. And I was like, look, like Mm -hmm. in Western culture, that, that would be, that would, that would um, be against your religion as well. Yeah. Like like to me, it's just showing the power of interpretation. Yes. It's showing me the power of interpretation. Yeah. It's like, I'm not just going to blindly believe and, and for you to say that it's says in the, I think is the most, the cheapest cop out and such a cop and, out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, uh, I'm, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a power there to, um, to being able to just, to just say, Oh, okay. When you say something like, Oh, it's written in the Quran. Like, shut up. Give me, good, <laughs> give me some good reasoning for this. Like, back, when, back, when someone says, you. oh, the rule book says so, it's like, give me the explicit thing or just say you don't want it. There's two, there's, yeah. there's one way or the other. Don't, yeah. don't try and use this moral grounding and then yeah. elevate it more. Just say, like, yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. So I want you to do it. And then yeah. and once you do, and once you accept that position, you can also accept the possibility of them defying you. But when you just mm. say, oh, the Quran says so, or the Bible mm. says so, or the, the, the Torah says so, you just, then you give them a reason to punish. You give them a reason, or you give yourself a reason, I mean, to, mm-hmm. to uh, I guess, do it, like apply the golden rule in a sense, in mm-hmm. that you, mm-hmm. let's say they do something you didn't want, 
your your rationalization is oh the the scripture said so i'm gonna do whatever i whatever it is like i'm gonna punch yeah. it. it's like mm-hmm. that that kind of that's again i think is a cop-out and when we address these kinds of things too i also think that just saying oh okay fine that's also a very weak-minded i mean a weak position because you're not like when you were saying um the whole challenging societal norms yeah i i know for a fact that's not how you see it that's just Uh not at all most people when they when they're very secure of themselves and are able to express themselves comfortably don't um don't treat it as if it's a battle they treat it as if I'm just here. I'm gonna do my thing. Like that's <laughs> exactly. it. Yeah. Like I was, yeah. Like I, like my brother asked me, like, uh, right now I have for all the I, lessons, I, I first I painted my fingernail for the very first time. It is black with white polka dots. <laughs> sick. And it's it, it's my ring finger. It's my ring finger. <laughs> and and my brother was like, first thing he said, he's like, why did you do that? Mm-hmm. And for those of you who don't know, my brother spent the vast majority of his life growing up in Palo Alto, California. So he does not have the same, uh, I guess, cultural influence of the mm-hmm. Arab culture that I do. He's six years older than me, five years, six years older than me. Um, and so when, when we moved, he was already like middle of his junior year. So he spent a lot of his formative years in Palo Alto as well. So he's a lot more Americanized. And so he looked at me and he was like, why is your finger painted? And I was like, I mean, I didn't, I was just at this, I was at literally, I'll, I'll give you the exact, what happened. I, um, I was, I, I had seen like a, a nail, a nail salon. I was like, oh, honestly, like I need to cut my, my toes and my, and my fingernails. I haven't in a while. I was busy. I was like, you know what? I'm going to give myself a little, a nice relaxing Mani-pedi. Yeah, exactly. So I, I give myself mani-pedi and I'm like, you know what? I want to paint my nail. And so I, <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't like, oh my God, what are, what are, what did this person get there? But, to me, it's honestly exciting. Like I, I find it genuinely exciting, and yeah. I feel like that it's addicting. When you learn to, to to overcome and embrace and challenge your fears, it becomes addicting because the rush that comes with it. Yeah. To me, it, it adds another, another, another element intensity to life. An oh yeah, life, intensity. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, because you're you're just it's another opportunity. You start looking at them as opportunities. You really, really do. Mm-hmm. You really do, and the fears don't go away. I mean, they they just the, the, they that change. Your head, it just becomes less loud, and you're yeah, like, yeah. You look at it a different way. You look at it a different way. That's for sure. I think it's also going to the fear thing. Like, I don't think I think the voice of of doubt and um and anxiety. I don't think it necessarily dulls down to some people. Uh-huh. I think it's sometimes this whole like how you were talking about your reef you were talking about how you reframed um your mm-hmm. your perspective on certain circumstances and how you valued yeah. you valued that you basically reevaluated the the weighing situations yeah. i think that's what happens is like yeah. you just for example the going to a going to a nail salon i've never been yeah. to a nail salon but telling yeah. saying like we're gonna go get a mani pedi and or manicure and a pedicure yeah. I am not there's a moment there where I go yeah <laughs> and then it's like well you know what fuck it and it, there's like, there's that like not? release <laughs> yeah like why not what's actually yeah. stopping you and it's really what it's predominantly is is like the fact that um you just 
get looked down upon by a lot of people. And then there's also mm-hmm. a sense of judgment and there's all, it's, it's these fears that you have, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, now today, no one really gives a shit. No, no one is actually saying, Ooh, he's, he went to a nail salon. No, especially, and this is the thing that I think is the most, um, the most liberating is realizing, especially no one who, matters to you yes, like no one yes if, if someone is gonna say that but one if you thought they mattered to you it's good that you now know because Probably they're don't. showing yeah. exactly and to like when you and this is as we age in life and thankfully we're at a point in life where we, we can we can foster and grow so many friendships being in college still but as we grow in life like it's really the people who unconditionally love us who are gonna end up commanding our our Exactly, or end up gonna are gonna end up like commanding our, our time, energy, um, and in, who are we gonna end up investing to, and who's gonna invest in us? Mm-hmm. And so, like, if if you fit, like, and, that, and that's what happens to me all the time. Like, I'm I'm like, okay, if I if I do this, and if I if I um, release this song and it's bad, if I get a mani pedi, if I are my is my mom gonna love me different is my brother gonna love me different are my my sorry my mic just probably just died yeah my, my things just died don't worry yeah the people who unconditionally love you i mean that's the whole point it's unconditional it's unconditional you know and so it invalidates all of those fears and all those it, it invalidates the ego and, and the, the the propagation and the identification with the thoughts that the ego mm-hmm. is you know? yeah when you when you can reevaluate well not reevaluate but you can like realize that all right this is the base group of people who are going to stick by me the most uh-huh. these guys i don't give a shit and so <laughs> and, and and even then those people that are um in that base group that unconditionally love you also give you a ton of room of for for uh expression and growth they give okay. you a lot of opportunities that like and, and when you're conditionally loved for by by a friend quote unquote i say because they just want you to be the person that they expect you to be when they first met you and that's it and there's no there's no possibility of like a of a, of a change or a fluidity and then there's no possibility, there's no possibility of, of i can i hear myself he's good i can't hear you yeah. you're trying the airpods again it's probably connected to the AirPods. Oh, now I can hear you. I can't hear you. The sound. Another dead. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh there we go. Can you hear? Okay. Okay. Here, I'll pause it. So, little technical difficulties, but we're good now. So, yeah. where I was, where I was, I think it was. Um, we were talking about <clears throat> how with this like conditional love versus unconditional love kind of relationship with, um, with friends, you'll see it a lot. I've seen it a lot now, uh, a lot more so recently with, with certain friends. I think that I just, I have to like fit an act to be around them. And then when I try and be myself, it just doesn't work. And so I've kind of just swayed my way away from them. And, um, and it, it sucks though. Like knowing that, I mean, I, so it's, it's happened a lot with my friends with the other way around where I expected, I used to expect people to be a certain way. And then when they didn't, it was like, I, I felt, yeah, it was strange. And, but when I, 
but when I kind of started realizing this kind of stuff where it was, where it was like, you know, we, uh, we, sh- we don't need to expect stuff from one another when they're just going to be themselves and let them do their thing. And then at the end of the day, you're still friends. That's, that's probably the best way to do it. It's helped me to stay friends with a bunch of people as well, because I, they're very casual people as they are. So they're not constantly judging you. But when, when there's moments where, um, where they, they, they act out of outside of that narrative I had for them, I'm fine with it. Go for it, man. You're do you do you. And that that's made it a lot easier to like be, fr- I mean, for example, when we think about like our relationship, you and me, when mm-hmm. we first met, it was like almost 90% of the time it was like a hug and like, mm-hmm. how you doing? And, and there was, yeah. it was a lot, not a lot of like depth in our conversations. Yeah. And yeah. I think as we, as we spend more time, like freshman year, especially we talked about a lot of stuff more and more. And then yeah. it felt like, I mean, it was dip, sophomore year changed a lot because like being in different dorms, but mm-hmm. also, and, and yeah, we just had different experiences. But like the fact that I hadn't actually spoken to you, I don't know how long it's been, yeah. but we're just having a sick ass conversation right now. Yeah. Like that's, that's something that I can appreciate about the fact that unconditional love exists because exactly. I don't have to, I don't have to mold myself and you don't, uh-uh. you don't either. There's no condition. I don't need you to do anything for me. I don't need you to, to check up on me. I don't need you to, it's, I love you, Nico, and you are free to be whoever you want to be. And that is so liberating. Mm-hmm. And especially in a, in a, in a partnership, in a marriage, yeah. it is the most liberating, especially when nowadays, like I feel people are, are so, are so distanced from that more than ever, really. Um, yeah. where a lot of times, like you put an unimaginable burden on your partner to fill a lot of times a hole that only you can ever fill. It's like asking your partner to pour into a bottomless cup. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you're just sucking them and you're draining and yeah. you're, just, you're and making them like, pour themselves out into that cup that will never fill because exactly it's you, yeah. it's you who needs to who needs to find a way, realize or go through the experiences that you need to go through to be able to fill your own holes, um, which is daunting at first, but relieving also, you know? It's also exciting, I feel like, for me to feel like I have work that I need to do on myself. Um, And that's what you talked about, how like you can never learn enough things. Like there's certain things about the world that are super exciting. For example, the fact that a sunset will never be boring to me like yeah. there's so amazing things that are really cool really nice then they get kind of boring mm-hmm. like sunset like i know reliably every morning if i if i go watch the sunrise and if i go watch the sunset i'm going to be at peace and that's just the most beautiful thing you know mm-hmm. or meditation like meditation doesn't get boring consciousness i it's strange because i've heard people talk about like enlightenment and i don't like this whole notion um that you can reach enlightenment that you can be enlightened I feel like it's a constant journey. Yes. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm constantly like learning and relearning how to, how to um, identify when my ego and my, my thoughts uh, are clouding my, my present experience. And I'm building in mechanisms to, to, I guess, decrease the amount of weight that I attach to 
to my ego and find ways to like identify when it's when it's kicked in. Uh, for example, like I when I whenever I think about uh, a situation in the past, um, and and a lot of times that happens when like you think, oh, I really should have done this. Like, imagine if I didn't done this, then then like this might have happened, and then yeah, year. Like anytime I think of, because there's certain experiences in my life that I think of that I, my mind will just constantly draw back to and been like, fuck, I should have done this, should have done this. And now I know every single time that I think of that, which happens quite often, I, it's like an alarm. Okay, now be in the present, take a deep breath and, 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 and familiarize yourself with your, with your present. Um, and in that way, you're sort of, it's positive. You, you're, you're turning a former negative stimulus into, into a positive outcome. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome. I think it's amazing. Yeah. Two things about that. First off, the, the, the whole reaching enlightenment nonsense. <clears throat> I hate that concept as well, yeah. because I think that's not a quantifiable thing. You don't no. just go like, Oh, I got it. I've, yeah. I've spent enough time. Yeah. Oh, I get it now. Yeah. There's, no. there's just moments like I have, I mean, you have two probably where there's just this pure serenity for a moment you feel yeah. where you don't even, you're just a cloud of, of, of sensation and yeah. there's, and there's, you're just at peace. And I, and obviously I think, I think enlightenment when I've heard it described, isn't a, um, isn't a singular experience. It's a series of moments and it's yeah. not like, Oh, you have it. And then that, and then life continues on with enlightenment. You, you achieve it. And then it's, it's finding it applicable in the rest of your life and continuing that. So I think it's, it's, I totally think that um, finding that, finding that, that balance between a, the, the journey, the process, the experiment that is uh, achieving awareness and also mm-hmm. Um, but also with being a human being and, and having, you know, continuing to live is an incredibly important thing. Um, I forgot the other thing I was going to say, but, oh, well, awareness, that was the other part was like, you basically just described awareness when you were uh-huh. saying, when you find these little moments, for example, when, when, um, oh my God, I'm blanking on the example you just gave, but there's, there's moments where you, you feel a emotion or a thought rushing into your brain and you just uh-huh. go, hold on, take a deep breath. And we're here now. And that, that is literally what mindfulness and awareness and the, the goal of awareness is the goal uh-huh. of mindfulness is, is when you, in, in any moment at any time, mm. being able to implement that in your life and, and mm. continue to thrive. That's mm. huge. That's something I, it's been very difficult for me. Uh-huh. I'll see, a, I'll see a lot of, a lot of external and also internal stimulus come mm. in and I'll either, I'll either just let it ride through or, or I'll identify it a lot. It won't, there won't be like a, all right, it's there. Watch it, watch it yeah. come and go. This, yeah, this, so I, it's it. hard to find it. Yeah, I get you. I mean, I, I think I mean, it's awesome. It's a lifelong journey. Um, but I mean, recognizing that that is the task is, is a huge, ginormous step. Um, but it, it's, it's really hard. I mean, but you, you said watch it and that is exactly how it's been described to me and how I would describe it, being able to watch your thoughts yeah, uh, as opposed to being an object of them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, giving the thoughts the driver's seat exactly yeah um i think ram das said today he said um your mind 
is a phenomenal tool, but a lousy master. This is very, very true. That allows you master? No. A lousy, uh, uh, oh, a lousy tool, master. A, a lousy ma- master. Like a okay. Thing. Yeah. I feel like I've heard that before. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good one though, because it's, it's the same yeah. thing. It's, it's use it, but don't let it use you. No, exactly. Exactly. You have the drive. Consciousness is the driver's seat. The brain is, is one of the passengers in that seat. And once you're able to use it and understand when, um, basically put it into, into use and out of use, mm-hmm. um, you're, when you do use it, you're able to filter it a lot better. Yeah. For example, in the realm of sports, um, I always describe like in basketball, it's huge, like shooters shoot and shooters don't think about their last shot. You know, like if you miss five in a row, that next shot's still going up. That's still going up, yeah. Your, your ego is what gives you the confidence to shoot that shot, to be like, this is my shot, right? Or lack thereof though, too. Or, exactly, yeah. that's, that's, those are both aspects of it. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. If you're able to filter it, you're able to cancel out the, the or disregard the, oh, I'm thinking, oh, I missed on my last five shots. But you're also able to have the confidence of, this is my shot. This I'm is gonna, it. In, I'm going to be in the present because all that does like to me, why you're, 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 um, why it's so key not to be thinking about your last five shots is because then when you're shooting, you're not actually shooting, you're thinking, mm-hmm. so you're not actually like giving yourself a fair shot of making it. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like we, we talked about like when, um, you're in a after moment of, of meditation or when you just bring, um, when you become in touch with your senses and, and become um, present to the present, you uh, notice things that you haven't seen. It's the same thing for shooting in basketball. Like for certain times, like if I catch myself just in my head, mm-hmm. the next shot I'll be like, all right, just stop, like turn off your mind. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll just see the rim for so much longer. And, I'll, and it'll just like, the hoop just seems so much bigger. Yeah. That's because I'm, I'm actually shooting, I'm not thinking. Yeah. There's a lot of that with like sports. I was talking to one of my friends about, he's a pitcher and they talk about that same thing. It's like the balance between thinking you're an absolute badass and knowing that you are in control of the circumstance or, or, or can control the situation, but also that the fragility of that and mm-hmm. how there's a, um, there's also like worrying about the last three pitches, the last pitch, the last two pitches, whatever thinking about over, like there's a balance there where it's like, all right, what have I done and what do I want to do? Mm-hmm. And then, and then in the middle, it's, 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 yeah, it's really, it's not thinking in this, in the way that is the whole being in too much, too much in your head where mm-hmm. you're identifying with something, you take away the identity and, and it's, and that's too much either too. It's, it's not not identifying, but mm-hmm. it's, it's also not over attaching you see how it's like it's the it's the weirdest thing i've come to realize is the 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 expression all good things come in moderation yeah it rings true in so much (laughs) so many things yes yes i love metaphor i i I think life should be lived in metaphor i think it's beautiful Mm. um well it helps it helps like moment to moment because then it says like all right what's here like it allows you to analyze it from a from above rather than from in on at like looking at it, for example, looking at a building straight on 
on on ground level versus looking at it from a helicopter mm-hmm. or versus looking at it from a plane from even higher or looking at it from yeah. a freaking subway like that's all mm-hmm. different perspectives i think somewhere between above it directly above and helicopter is like a good gray zone to be uh-huh. to be able to have this because you're still the person on the ground you're still the person looking at the thing directly uh-huh. in front but now you have a bunch of other variables that you can take into account and that uh-huh. that allow you to create a metaphor or an analogy yeah. a, that that exemplifies reality at, a, at its core much better than uh-huh. other circumstances yeah um yeah i wanted to ask you also this the podcasts you listen to what do you what are they so yeah so i call them podcasts because i'm assuming because i mean it's just it's, it's in that i guess format are they conversations they're, they're youtube videos like literally i okay. just a youtube ram das lecture and um i could send you my favorite one my favorite yeah one. yeah for sure sacred life of every day and uh, it talks about our addiction to the methods of fulfillment um it's on on unbelievable stuff like mm-hmm. truly just transcendent and a lot of it reflects like my uh i guess my internal conflicts that i've been going through um for example one thing he talks about was this once you realize the the, the tricks your mind is playing on you it's uh, oftentimes like i could find my i find myself getting angry at myself for for succumbing to my to my, yeah. to my, my ego and and uh ram das talks about this as like understanding the realization that i am not a divine being i am human and he says allow uh spirituality and the calmness that you that you i guess bring from that to to allow you to be in the world but not of it if that makes sense be in the world but not of not the world. of it so so allow yourself to be moved for example by the beauty of of a sunset and for example um be because okay you know how we talk about in spirituality um just you re- essentially realize that anything of this world like is decaying and so in an essence in a way doesn't matter yeah that can be like that stoic belief can be can be seen as very um nihilistic nihilistic exactly like yeah. you lack passion mm-hmm. um and he says like if, so if you if you go to someone and and this is like for example statements like oh all suffering is grace and uh suffering yeah you know, like suffering that, is eternal and stuff like it, that like so, that's a big one yeah like it, it, it can it can um it can cause people to think that that you are just that you're nihilistic, like you, you you lack compassion. And he says like it's good to have one foot in the world and one foot in spirituality because, like I said, it's like a filtration process. You're yeah. able to go through the world and be a human without without the without the um, the obsession obsessive thinking that that can come from being in the human if that makes sense yeah no that's interesting well it's the whole um like yeah being kind of treating consciousness as something that is within you versus something that is you that is of like 
kind of the opposite of what the whole the Ramdas quote where you said being like I can't remember exactly, but you said being Not in the world versus of the world. Yeah. And this is this is kind of the same stuff with with being a human being um as as both a spirit like it's it's kind of the same thing in that in that that whole the 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 balance between the the purely spiritual and the purely uh physical and being able to find that like in a sense consciousness establishes itself as the experience of life now how you experience that life depends on the, the where your feet are and where where you're kind of investing more time in are you investing more on the physical side are you investing more in the spiritual side are you kind of finding a balance and and where are is there more leaning to one side or the other and i think that ha- having a foot in one in both sides is mm-hmm. very important because you can it, they apply to each other i mean there's there's clearly some uh, application of the metaphysical explanations of religion mm-hmm. and and other other um, sects of philosophy and ideology, mm-hmm. and then there's also a lot of a lot to learn from the physical sciences and a lot of secularism too. And I think that finding that that middle ground where <clears throat> you've you've read as much as you can about both sides, you've implemented as much as you can about both sides, and you've realized that the synthesis of the two is the way to go. And having both feet is definitely important, and but but not overinvesting. It's it's this whole thing of like, yeah, where you where you feel most comfortable. Like if you feel comfortable as a just a physical human being with a with no consciousness, there's no sense of spirituality. That's fine. You can do that. I think as a, I, I don't see that being the healthiest route though. And I think that the the more healthy route is something that gives the it's like a mixture of the free will and the deterministic view, which is like we have choices within yeah. we we for example in this moment I could drink my water I could go on my phone I could close the computer I could keep talking I could walk out right now I could yeah. do all these things there are choices that are given realistically though the choices are now continue this call, end this call, drink my water, kind of like that. And that's where that's the deterministic aspect that there's a lot of previous uh, events that led to that moment and finding the relief that I have a, 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 I have no control over the past anymore. I have no control over the future. I have control over the present moment. And though, and so I, I can, I can make series of choices that, that, uh, make you feel as if having some ser- have having some meaning but also having some uh externally uh spiritual um lifeless mm-hmm. life life no not lifelessness no the other way around life full <laughs> the word of it full of life having full of full, life. being full of life i feel you so is, what's your position on free will my position on free will and now this is where like I, when I first heard about it, I was like, I don't want to, if you're okay with being able to step out of the, your understanding of free will, then mm-hmm. like we'll talk about it. But I, I assume you are cause you asked, mm-hmm. but um, free will, I, I believe in the illusion of free will. Yes. 
but I don't believe in, in pure, like a pure form of it either. Like, and also the problem is that free will is also misinterpreted. Like free, your will is your ideas plus actions. That's what it is. So it's what you want to happen and what actually does happen. And then that's what hap- That's what manifests. And mm-hmm. our will is one of the most vast things in this world, other yeah. than our brain, our, the complexity of our brains and our, um, and this, and the universe. Those are probably the other two things that are more vast than our, than our will, because we could, or not our will, but our imagination. Like I could imagine right now, just flying out of this, flying out of this room and through the window as if I was Superman. That yeah. could be a will of mine. I could want that for a hundred years, but I'm never going to achieve it because realistically, there's just no possibility of that. Um, so I, I'm, but also I'm not, purely deterministic i don't just go well everything that has ever happened decides everything that will happen i'm more in the middle i I would say like a soft determinist i guess is the the terminology and it is that we have we have these events that lead up to the present moment there's a bunch of factors that lead and and present the present the present moment and we have a limitation of physical reality and uh, spiritual reality that, that confine our, our, our opportunities to a series of, of circumstances. And within those circumstances is where we have the choices. So we have the free will to make, to, to, to alter the current timeline that we're in to yeah. then present a future that we don't really know what's going to happen in the future, but we know that we decided that moment in the present. We make three decisions in predetermined situations. Yes. In a sense, because there's, there's like, I could stop talking about this and switch to soccer, but I don't really want to. So there's that there's like, is that my choice though? Is that, is it really my choice that this whole conversation is based around consciousness and, and the, the metaphysical when uh, we could have been talking about music and, and other things that, that affect yeah. our experience as well. Yeah. Wow. That's very How about you? I personally, I took, so I, I did take a, a class on this freshman year. It's actually, I don't, why, the, I don't know why I didn't take any, I'm going to take a yeah, lot no, of philosophy. I, no, you should, you really should. My class is actually very interesting. It's mm-hmm. called The Problem of Evil. I might have talked to you about this freshman. I don't know. Maybe. Let's hear. Um, but yeah, Problem of Evil, where uh, the essential question that the class is centered on is, if there is a God and God is an omniscient, on all-knowing, all-powerful, why are there evil? Why are there evils? Um, and we did talk about free will and um, determination, predetermination. Um, but honestly, my understanding of free will, uh, I think stems from more my it's adapted from that class and it's and incorporates a lot of my um i guess my spiritual reflection and what i've seen to be what i've lived to be true um or seen to be true in my life um which is people i do believe people have free will but the vast majority of people don't exercise their their i guess freedom the option of will yes because i believe as long as you are living your life reacting you don't you're not in command never yeah you're not and i believe there are very few people with the 
sense of control and command of their um, emotion to Lots, be, yeah. to to be able to to be able to always act in a in a in a conscious state or always be in a conscious yes. state. Yes. You get what I'm saying? I agree with that. I think we're, there's a lot of, um, what is it? A, a, a prisoner of our own thoughts, a prisoner of our emotions. Yes, yes, yes. And we don't necessarily control those. So I believe most people aren't actually exercising their right. Yeah. Well, well there's, there's this actually, there's this experiment, um, a little thought experiment that the, the app I use does. Um, that I, I've probably, I've mentioned probably like a hundred times to different people, but it's, it's a basic one. And it's like just taking a deep breath, relaxing the mind. And then you think of one movie, any movie, you know, the name of you've watched anything. Yeah. And then think of another. Okay. And then one more time another okay so that so this these choices that you just made are probably the freest of the choices you could ever have you're you're tapping in to your memory which is expansive very expansive and Mm -hmm. you can um you can access anything that has ever happened to you before and anything that anything that has yeah happened to you or happened around you or, or has ex, you have experienced to yeah. see any movie you have ever known. So from the baseline, uh, you don't you can't name any movies you haven't uh, heard of or haven't watched. So where's the freedom in that? That's the first part. The next part is like what are, what are your three movies? Just in case I say Inception, one. Inception, Django, and Avatar. Oh, nice. Good selections. So this, um, so for example, you know, Rocky two is a movie. Yes. But according to no physiology, your, your, your Rocky two circuits were not, were not firing at that moment. And so where it's like, you could have picked, it's kind of, it's, it's obviously I'm not the person to explain it, but this kind of experiment where, you could have picked any movie that you've ever watched or known the name of, but you didn't, you didn't pick that one and you didn't pick the other ones that do exist and are, are you are free to choose, mm-hmm. but could not because they are not in your memory. Like mm-hmm. where it's kind of that, that that's the whole free will thing that mm-hmm. I, that I see it as like, it's so much greater than I thought it was. I thought it was, I'm, I used to think free will was I'm choosing to talk about something the way I want to talk about it. But, but then there's the linking of why am I talking about it? Where did it come from that I'm talking about it? How am I talking about it? What circumstance am I talking it in? And did I choose to be talking about it when I thought of it? And there's, there's these, all these, these connections that are made from, from, from your, from your brain, but also from your, from your previous experiences that kind of lead and funnel down into what is the present moment. And then from there, that's where I feel like there's the, there's the next, the, the true free will. And that is that I'm choosing to talk the way I am. But then again, that even that thing, the fact that I have, you know, some, some stuttering, I have, um, I've tried to be more eloquent with my words. I, 
I can be a little more, you know, expressive in my tongue. Is that, is that something I chose to do? Or is that mm -hmm. something that is a product of my environment and my learning experiences and my genetics as well? So mm -hmm. that there's, there's that whole thing too of like, how much are you in control? Like what, how are you in control of your brain? Not necessarily. You don't pick where the thoughts come from and where they go. Like, I don't know where the thought of hot dogs just came from and now where it's going to go. They're like back into the memory storage, maybe, mm -hmm. but like what it's it, just that, that concept right there, hot dogs. What? Yeah. That's not something that mattered at, in the yeah. past three hours. It has not been of any importance to me. And yet somehow I, I valued it enough to mention it and yeah. express it in a way that was, that was of importance. So yeah. no, it's, it's a very really confusing. Yeah. I think you really enjoy uh, Amherst philosophy class. <laughs> yeah, I'm really looking for, I've read through almost all of the classes. I've read through each professor. So I, I know what classes I want to take and stuff. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's going to be interesting trying to get back. I'm also excited to do school again. I think, I don't know about you, but like, since I've been, you're doing fall next fall, right? Next fall. Yeah. I'm coming back. You're, the classes are already online. Available. No, 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 no. I'm just saying I'm going to go back. I, I'm excited to be going back when I oh, can oh, go back. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, me, me, very much so. Like me learning. So. I, I really underappreciated learning. I've talked about this. Um, I've never talked about this on a podcast and I feel like it's better when I remember it more. But the idea that like I was just coasting through, I felt like I was coasting since I started school till my yeah. end of my sophomore year in, in yeah. college. I felt like I was always just finding a way to get good enough grades that got me into the next, next level of life, yeah. but without, without trying as hard as I can and trying yeah. to learn and, and actually fully immerse myself in what is going on. And so that's something that I'm, I've been coming to appreciate with like the mixture of not having any schoolwork and working on a ranch, meditating and, and learning a lot about mindfulness. And then also not, um, and being able to read more, no, having to read or having the opportunity to read more freely and by choice. So these kinds of things, giving myself that freedom to learn as I like, and then coming back and now reevaluating my school experience, my college and life career academically and, and saying, all right, let's take advantage of this now. I mean, there's a lot of great professors. There's a lot of um, awesome students and there's, there's a lot of resources out there that we can, we, we have at the tips of our fingers, but mm -hmm. I, I felt like I was just, you know, escaping, skating by. I feel like a lot of that is, is from what um, we learned and what we've internalized about like our models for school. Like I feel like in high school, or from a very young age, I was taught that homework is something I don't want to do. Homework is boring. That's I was for taught sure. that class is something that I don't want to do. Class is boring. And I would find that like, I found this um, uh, when we went online last semester that like, even, and I thankfully like I've taken classes that I really enjoy. And, but even when I was like reading an article for a class that I enjoy, an article that I would probably read on my free time, mm -hmm. it, I had internalized that it was homework. I was yeah. trying to get through it. I was trying to skim. I was trying to, yeah. I was, I was half-assing it. And I was like, wait, 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 this is all a mentality. <laughs> this is all an intention thing. Like, mm -hmm. and I started, I started actively before I did my homework, highlighting one thing that I was looking forward to. 
like, oh no, I'm actually really looking forward to, to, to reading about, for example, I was in class on the um, Israeli-Palestinian dispute. Arab oh Israel. yeah, yeah. And so I would like think about, oh, I'm really interested about this war and to talk to my friends from home about this. And, and I, would, I would basically reworking how I was internalizing um, homework in school, because I think you're 100% right. Um, I believe that, and especially in high school, it was different because I don't know how it was for you, but we didn't, I didn't have the luxury of, of, of like all of these amazing courses like that Amherst no, offered, not, you know, no. how out there, like, the, I mean, the liberal arts education, that's really what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and within that, the fact that like at Amherst, we don't have to take, we're not, we don't have any core curriculum, you know, it's, it's ginormous. And there's so many like super cool courses that are even offered at like Hampshire, for example, I took a class at like Hampshire college for the career. Really? Never to do it. Yeah. That was, oh. there's Arab Israeli class was there. Actually, no, not Hampshire. I'm bugging Smith. No, Mount Holyoke. Sorry. <laughs> oh. Yeah. But I took a class at Mount Holyoke. I never thought I'd want to take a class off campus, but I don't know. That was also a really cool experience. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I think you're right. And honestly, one thing I've talked to like my friends from school about is how excited in general I am to go back to school with a new appreciation, you know? Mm-hmm. There's a definitely a newfound appreciation for the capacity to, to learn that I didn't have before. Yeah. Not even just learn, but also like socially, like, like know like what I actually want out of this college experience. Yeah. Matter to me more, what I want to spend my time doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, also with, with sports, like my mentality going into sports being different. Like I think like, and honestly, like I've said, like, I think it might even have been worth the deal, the derailment of our, of our, um, of what we thought our college experience was going to be like the post COVID college experience where, mm-hmm. uh, where, where <laughs> people, just, people just have a new found appreciation for people, you know? That is a big one. We lost a lot of that with like cancel culture coming back. And we also saw a bunch yeah. of, um, bunch of just like lost, connections with people um because of covid and stuff and it yeah sucks but yeah. that's why we do this podcast it's <laughs> a lot of fun i love it yeah. no I yeah it. yeah how long what time is it out there in hawaii hawaii it's three almost three two, oh three, damn three. so this is what four hours almost yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. i think the recorded will be like three or something maybe uh i don't know we'll see but this was a lot of fun man i really enjoyed this i really enjoyed it too man yeah i'm excited to get back to campus and continue this journey yes no i continue our conversations and stuff oh absolutely yeah when we're able to have them in person i'm Mm -hmm. I'm really 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 looking forward to it yeah and i think also what's nice about these kinds of things is that it like puts a pen in the development of these conversations and then let's say we don't talk for i mean we'll we'll be like we don't physically have a conversation for another nine months and then we come back and we have the most amazing like continuation of what just came of this like that's that's exactly why we do this most definitely it really is Mm -hmm. and there's honestly that's what i love about amherst and the huge reason why i ended up picking it. I mean, everyone asked like, oh, I mean, from Dubai. I mean, the reality was I was the first person ever to even apply to Amherst from my high school. Um, Yeah, a large part of it had to do with sports. But the reason why, like, I as an international kid 
and the, the the trend amongst international kids tend to be i want to go to a big city um mm. it's just, just what it's just what it's like um but for me to like choose amherst um it was a, it was a people decision and um there's something i felt on my visit i really connected with uh, the basketball team and and like to be surrounded and to go back to a place where where i'm able to have conversations like this with um people just just positive loving people um i think is, is is it makes me so excited for for what's to come one person you should talk to is austin yeah, I've wanted to. I, I think I've talked to him about having him on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. He, I think I'll, I would love for you to come to the stew with us when we're back at Amherst. Hundred uh, percent. We're gonna be. We're gonna be back. Okay. I'm gonna definitely, definitely try okay. that out. We can also do like, along with being in the in the studio, we could try something like that where we just just put that put on microphone, put on headphones and microphones, and just talk. And then at some point throughout it, we just start freestyle. Like it's it's. Yeah, purely a stream yeah. of consciousness. No, I love that, it, man. That it wouldn't be just a podcast. It wouldn't be just a recording session mm-hmm. of music. It would just be like whatever you want it to be. A bull. <laughs> a hangout. I love, yes, a I bull. love. I I yes. love. It more than oh, I'm excited. I can't wait. All right. Well, I'm gonna stop recording now. All right, my friends. Take it easy, boys and girls, and everyone else.